0: Shipmaster Callista, we have been betrayed. The Warmaster has turned from the life of the Emperor.
1: No, it cannot be. Why would Horus do this?
0: He has fallen to darkness. We must flee the system. Take these four remembrances
2: to terror. They carry word of this heresy.
0: The navigators tell me the wharf is in
1: turmoil. We will be ripped apart. We cannot do this.
2: You must have faith in your ship, my old friend.
1: Your service will be remembered. We will carry
0: word and ensure the galaxy knows of the War Master's treachery. And when we can,
2: we will send the Legion to reclaim your sarcophagus. Only in death does end.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Edge of Empire. My name is Chris, as you're probably familiar at this point, and tonight I have both my hands on the steering wheel of the Edge of Empire heresy truck. And helping me get you on this journey, we are joined by the engine of the Edge of Empire podcast, Mr. Michael Bottrell.
0: Okay, I'll take that one.
1: The wheels that take us on unusual places in the hobby and <gasps> lead us to the what is nicely pointed, Armies? Ding. Hello. And you want to punch it when you're angry. It's annoying when it goes on for far too long and often upsets people around you. The horn of the Edge of Empire truck, <laughs>
3: Graham Mills.
4: To be honest with you, I'm quite happy to have my T-shirt with the horn of Edge of Empire. Frankly, I can see yes. that being very popular in certain circles.
3: Does that mean anybody who beats him gets to get a T-shirt saying, I've been round the horn?
4: Yeah, well, I've, I've had no, Edge of Empire's horn. <laughs> it's
3: not right, is it? It's Limited number of T-shirts going
1: out on that. Okay, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what are we doing for this one half of some months episode? Because we've all lost track of time. In the yeah, we've
2: had
0: a bit of disruption, so everything's all over the shop right now. Uh, we're we're
1: we're back on the back on the wagon. We're off the source, and uh, Lord's <laughs> done no magic to get us in, back into shape. Uh, so we've got Rob's paint chat coming up. We've got the augury scanner aligned and a few little bits and pieces. We're gonna have a little chat about the company of legends that was 10 days ago now, at this point. Yeah, was longer- okay, we'll talk about scenery that's going to be the main thing for the show. Um, what you need to have a good game, a few options, various sort of cost points and price points as well, and of course. House, the House, the housemaid's favorite, the list challenge. Mm. We're going to be talking about recon companies, although not strictly recon companies in the purest of senses, but sort of recon themed, recon
3: out, sneaky, beaky.
4: Winston Churchill described it as ungentlemanly warfare, which is often and how
2: I, you play think, the video, anyway, so.
4: and I think that's fair. So, yes, anything that fits into that, not lining up and being there from turn one, but using using other mechanisms to fight an asymmetric war. Mm,
3: as, uh, as Christopher Lee was involved in rather famously. He was. I remember, I remember an interview where uh, somebody said, so, uh, you know, you're going to tell us what you're know, you going to finally going to tell us now that everything's been declassified, what you got up to in the war. And uh, he sort of leant into the um, interviewer and was like, can you keep a secret? And the interviewer was like, "Oh, here we go." Yes, and apparently Christopher Lee just winked and went, "So can I?" And that was it. Like you can just imagine, like, found out. Yes, yeah.
4: There you go. There was this fa- there was that famous thing, isn't there, in Lord of the Rings, where P- Peter Jackson directed him to when he got stabbed in the back on the sort of extended yeah. edition yeah. to say, "Oh, you know, scream when you get stabbed in the back," and, and he was like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's that not what happens happen- when you stab people in the back." And it's like, really? How do you know? It's that one I spent all this time in, what's it, Long Range Desert Group or something. Yeah. So, I anyway.
3: In, I think he's in Norway, I think.
4: He was. A, he had a very interesting career, but there's a. Well, we're, we're tangenting the crap out of things already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, some, one of these weird things that comes across is history stuff on, on Facebook sometimes. Mad Jack. Have you ever heard of this
0: guy? Oh, yeah. He, he, was, uh, he
3: was, was the fellow, he, with, he was the the fellow only, with the Claymore. That's oh, yeah, what yeah. yeah.
0: Was he the only person in World War II to, to get a kill with a bow and arrow? Or something? With that's a longbow, right.
3: yeah, yeah, in, that's in that's Narvik, true. I think that's it that's was, it. in
0: Norway.
4: I think he was like, oh, I'm really, he was really gutted the war was over. was probably the only person in the entirety of Europe, who, or the world, in fact, he was. He was like, oh, the, the and, Japanese and, surrendered and,
3: a bit too soon for my liking. I'd like to go over Paddy, Him and Paddy Main going, oh, we were just getting warmed up.
4: Yeah, that is a... You have to wonder sometimes. Um, I guess um, we, we play narrative stories about very heroic things. Is, is is there a fine line between heroism and utter lunacy?
3: Well, yes. Yeah, I think the more history you read, I think you find that a lot of the characters that you that are sort of well known are kind of are very much like that though. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they have that um it's a spark of eccentricity, isn't it? It's that. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, not not to turn this into we have ways of making you.
4: No, so we are Not
3: to talk it, not to turn it into Bottrell yeah. Carlin's hardcore heresy. Yes. Um, but if you listen to Dan Carlin's Blueprint for Armageddon, his World War One piece, there's a recurring memoir that he goes back to from and this is from world war one which you'd think if anybody was going to you know world war one was not enjoyable by anybody surely there's a recurring memoir from a german guy who was like yeah this is fine it's not a problem this is what i signed up for
0: yeah and
3: and and it made him and he didn't know what to do afterwards
0: you say that but uh, apparently um a lot of actual british guys out there didn't mind it so much because they actually got fed properly or something
4: yeah, I think that uh, was in that that um, thing that Peter Jackson, to segue rather nicely back to Peter Jackson, the thing he did about the Great War, I think, cause some of the sort of first-hand accounts that they talk about or yeah. post-war, you know, that actually wasn't that. I mean,
2: the thing Obviously is, this horrific. is this, this,
4: yeah, this is the thing, right? I went to the Imperial War Museum once, and in there they've got the display with all of the people who won the Victoria Cross. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a little, this, you know, this is what they did, this is what I did. So I'm kind of sitting there reading it thinking, wow, that's amazing, incredible, incredible. And then after about the fourth one, I was like, "What? What? What on earth would possess you to do that?" And uh, it was weird because I was coming with my mum at the time, and uh, I said, "Mum, look at this," cause we were looking at. I was like, "What do you reckon the possesses to do it?" She said, "Do you know what? I reckon they must get so you I think right. That's it. I've had enough now. You know, I'm going to pick up this machine gun. I'm going to charge that machine gun at because I'm sick of being shot at. And I reckon that part of bravery, maybe fifty percent of it, is that other kind of. I've just had enough of this. I don't care anymore." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, being as we talk about heroic and narrative things in a story where heroes are very much celebrated in heresy, which we have—that was the, probably the most tangent of tangents we've ever been on. Um, the
1: earliest, we, the earliest tangent we've been
4: on. I know. Well, that's the sort of this is well, folks. You probably need to, you know brace yourselves for some more of that because i get the get the feeling that we're in tangents through usa oh, tonight.
3: And I, I could we have ways of making you heresy all bloody night
4: yes so let's see how far we can get through the rest of the show before we tangent once again so um, what were we talking about chris
1: what we want is a listener to keep a track of all the all the tangents that we uh, <laughs> just let us know someone needs to spend the time right. going through the episodes and Counting up the number of tangents that we—it's like
4: a game of American football, right? So I think somebody timed it once, and it's about 45 minutes, or less, it's about 15 minutes of actual play, and the rest is just when it stopped yeah (laughs) it's like i suspect if you actually timed the heresy content versus the shenanigans that we get up to it's probably about four minutes of
1: complete heresy names completely made up band stories i
4: mean that's a talent right somebody mentioned you know they were impressed how quickly we could come up with this stuff i think it's it's a very peculiar talent that we have but uh, you know we'll we'll take that anyway
1: yeah so yeah i've already covered what we're doing so cool
4: so what's the first thing we're doing
3: so it's Rob, uh, you. Oh, Rob,
4: thank you. Oh yes, of course. Yes, we
3: should. I shall uh, I shall just go and unhook the keys yeah. from behind the conservatory door.
4: Yeah, hide the hide the magazines this time.
3: Magazines, it's not the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> got broadband, old boy, fiber. <laughs> it's got a wife in the
4: shed. I just couldn't imagine that in Rob's shed. It would be very retro. But anyway, moving on.
2: The crag, the the crag, and
3: just the Hello my brothers. Without the light of the Astronomicon,
4: we have no chance of reaching Terra. You're right Sanguinius. We must find a way. For all we know, terror is burning, with horrors sitting on the Golden Throne as we speak.
1: Sorry gents, I hate to interrupt your meeting, but you could get a light from the Daylight Company to delivered to the throne world. The LED-based lights are powerful enough that one sh- should light your way to terror. Well, it sounds theoretically impossible, but practically
0: our only choice. Now, on to other more pressing matters. Johnson, Sanguinius, would of you like a little foil-covered hazelnut chocolate? Oh,
2: father!
1: Good show, Robo. Daylight Company, bring illumination to a galaxy near you.
4: Once again, it is us. time for me to nip on down the garden... Tentatively knock on the wooden shiplap front door of the shed and enter. Rob, once again, I've nipped round your house to inquire about all things painting. So, how are you? How is the world of painting going?
3: I'm all right. The paint shack has had a bit of a refurb since. I know since your last visit. It's very impressive now. It's a it's a
4: proper proper man cave.
3: Yeah, unfortunately the unfortunately the wife has now seen just quite how many pants I own.
4: It looks impressive from a you know, from a hobbyist's point of view. One would also assume that somebody could do some fairly good mental arithmetic going, it's two pounds per bottle roughly. Yeah. And and come to a sum
3: so that yes, is probably fairly scary. You could probably quite easily buy some kind of car. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so lessons for everybody to be learnt. then. Maybe, maybe if you're going to do a paint shack overhaul, uh, make sure that that you buy somebody's, your significant other something, uh, in before that happens, I would suggest. Anyway, we had a couple of questions. I've got a couple of questions. Let mm. us do the, on the threshold and, and dive straight in. So we did have a question, uh, come in. Uh, I think it was from Anthony. Uh, yes, I think it was. And he was asking about how to do graffiti uh, on your models if you're going for that kind of urban look, mm-hmm. um, without it just coming across as somebody with some crayons and uh, doing face painting. So, what was your what was your advice here?
3: Uh, cheat basically. Um, if you're going to do um, graffiti, uh, scalemodelshop.co.uk they have got. A brilliant instant graffiti decal sheet uh by who i can only presume with a name like this is a is a dutch model making guy called ushi van der osten nice um, that is fantastic a fantastic cool name. name i, I heard he, uh, he he did guest drums on uh orlock power Fist's third album
4: it, it was rumored it was rumored that it was him that you know because of the problems that the drummer was having you know with his addiction to uh Cadbury's chocolate mini rolls
3: mm, uh, dipped in lamy and medium he,
4: he, he had to step in at the last minute very well-renowned you know session musician career stems all the way back into the 60s uh, and he stepped in so yes as you can tell he's uh, <laughs> definitely right up there so not only a very talented drummer uh, for Power Powerfist's very seminal difficult third album um also pretty good at knocking up some graffiti for people to stick on their models
2: yeah,
3: there's a if you uh, there's a link in the uh, WhatsApp chat if you want to have a click of it, Mister G, because it is, uh, I think it's brilliant. It's got some like um, peeled concrete effects on it as well, as if like you know where renders come off, um, as popularized in the Matrix. Um, okay. It's very definitely um, sort of English, so to speak. If that yep. makes sense. Uh it's de- very definitely the Roman alphabet, but um I think they're absolutely spot on. I think they're absolutely spot on. Um Graffiti, um if anybody mm. from uh, if anybody who worked for uh Scarborough uh constabulary between ninety four and about two thousand and one, <laughs> if you want to skip on about five minutes. Um <laughs> it's uh yeah something i've always had a um an interest in and had a look at um france is fantastic for it um mm. the, the trip in from charles de gaulle some awesome stuff on there um so you can google stuff find it print it out uh you know on thin paper put it on with uh thin down pva uh, to try and get you know to get it to adhere really kind of soaky. it'll blur a bit but um you know if if you then chuck in weathering and washes and stuff over mm-hmm. it to make it look grubby then that'll hide some of that yeah um, but this this sheet you know okay it's not cheap it's fifteen quid um for I think it's an A five mm. so you're talking it looks uh, that,
4: it looks damn impressive like I see what you mean it is it isn't a huge sheet of transfers but um.
3: But, yeah, it, but for for sort of a sparse mm, for, for putting the odd bit here and there, it, it it's got some it'll have some brilliant impact.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that it's not something unless you're a graffiti artist and you want to miniaturise your graffiti, probably pushing the, the realms of talent beyond most of us. But yeah, gabbing some transfers, whacking them on like like you said, Rob. You know, mucking them up, dirtying them up to make them look a little bit more realistic on the model or whatever you're doing fantastic Mm. so yeah they are uh what are they 15 pounds they are
3: 15 pound uh it says instant graffiti decal number two so i presume there's a sheet number one somewhere Mm. uh i've not been able to find it um but um, um i know he does some uh bonkers stuff he does um wood texture um decals for um world war one aircraft for example so instead of painting wood you've just got these um beautiful uh wooden uh wooden pattern Uh, water slide decals to use um he's got all sorts of stuff he's got some really nice um brass etch um stencils rather than uh, plastic ones as well so he has got some some, yeah, nice bits, yeah, some nice I'm just looking bits at his work
4: now, actually yeah i see what you mean the wooden rather than painting the wooden effect you can just wow what a talented young well what a talented person um very cool so that's definitely a, a, an option uh for folks if you want to put graffiti on there the other thing that that i wanted to do and, and michael put me in and this is um the uh posters so i've got a beautiful wall. That I wanted to put some posters on as part of a sort of scenic, scenic base. with um, the Necromunda ones,
2: yeah, are yeah. available.
3: I've uh, uh, got another another link. Um, somebody on. Um, so again, this is this is me dodging all the questions and getting other people to field them. It's brilliant. This makes it so much easier. Um, so this is from Yak Tribe, which if you if you know wow. you know if you don't is one of the major um necromunda resources yeah uh out there on the interwebs uh and we'll pop a link up but there's uh four pages of necromunda signs and posters um so there's all sorts of there there's all sorts of warning symbols um danger signs um yeah you know, it, again it's more specifically 40k because you know the Imperial Guard needs you join up now kind of sort yeah. of thing um, with Karl Kapinski's seminal picture of Akkadian um, but again if you weather off the top so yeah. it doesn't say Imperial Guard needs you if you mm-hmm. scuff that up um, you know there's mandatory evacuation um, posters there's um, you know, there's I all know. sorts all sorts of things. There's pictures of Astartes, pictures of, you know, very um Russian st- stylized sort of lines yeah. of main blade barrel um earthshaker barrels disappearing off into the distance. Um there's a bit of all sorts there. Again, you know, if you look at them in high res you're like, oh that's a bit um bit obvious. But you know, once you've got some got some dust and some pigment and some some muck on it
4: yeah totally so this would be like printing these out onto paper one assumes and then you know using PVA or something to apply and then yeah yeah i wouldn't it.
3: bother putting them onto uh no. onto photo paper i would do them deliberately onto just normal paper so that you do get some some bleed you get some degradation and then when you start messing with it even more you get even more mm-hmm. um, distressing of it
4: yeah i mean i must admit uh, uh, something that i used to do and again this is a little bit of a confessional i suppose is because i was so bad at painting stripes on me, iron warriors i would literally print out stripes and then cut them out to the shape that i wanted and then stick them to the model that's how terrible i am a confession though once you've put some weathering powder over the top of them they look fine
3: there you go yeah you get stencils for that now
4: yeah i mean actually it's just as easy just to get a pencil and draw them on and paint that way but mm-hmm. but, but you know I, I use that technique on like things like succorins because you can just cut out the shape that you need, yep. um, and it looks looks perfectly fine. I think. Obviously, you know, purists will be up in arms at this moment, but you know what? If it works, it works.
3: That's another so, extra bit of texture. It could be as if it's in in relief. It's actually you know yeah. uh, built on rather than painted on. Yeah. So
4: all good. So yeah, um, there's also some that Peachy did. Uh, we'll put we'll try and find the link to that again similar kind of concept under posters um if people are interested in putting those you know bits of wall or scattered around on the floor if you want to you know maybe have a, the odd poster here and there on the bottom of your base that's come off a wall or whatever yeah. so yeah pretty cool um mm-hmm. next next thing out of the bag was i had a question uh, i'm about to repaint some models so i've got this event uh goddess next week and <laughs> my kind of lead, lead character you know, when you go back and you painted an army some years ago, and you go back and you're thinking, oh, my God, that's absolutely terrible. Well, I've mm-hmm. kind of got that. You know, the, the, there's a couple of problems with the models. That my salamanders. One, they're not very well painted. Uh, so the lead character, you know, the, the, the tactical squads, they're OK. The vehicles, they're OK. The lead kind of my HQ choice, not good. So I've stripped him and basically re-undercoated him. Okay. Um, but he has got this flame effect. Uh, coming out the top of his heed because he's a chaplain and it's actually a remodel of one of the Dark Angels
3: characters. Ah, right, so he's got a like a brazier or something, you know. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, not, to, uh, not to trigger carry on heresy, but. Um, no, no, but he's, yeah, a brazier even. He's got a flaming brazier above his head. Yes, oh, uh, missus.
4: So, uh, so I need to know how to paint flame. Now, I knew when I asked this question that this was going to be a big answer. Obviously, I have three or four paints that I'm actually going to use for this.
3: And you don't have time to get any more, even if you wanted to.
4: I'm not going to go and buy four paints for just the odd flame. Now, I've got a yellow and I have a red and I have orange and a few colours in between. So but I guess it's more about what colours do you apply where for realistic flame?
3: It's hotter at the bottom
4: right so i would
3: put so bright, yellow at the bottom
4: yellow at the bottom okay
3: then or you know then sort of blend it through from yeah. yellow to red at the top yeah then dry brush it with black
4: dry brush it with black mm-hmm. cool I know. right i see to give you that kind of smoke effect
3: mm-hmm. right so the, so the lightest bits are on the inside yeah Nothing, oh, because right. nothing's going to burn clean in the in the 30k universe, is it really? No, absolutely not. It's
4: smashing. So it's red at the bottom.
3: Nope.
4: Nope. Yellow at the bottom. Yellow orange at the bottom. through to red, and then
3: you know. And then just the top, the top third, maybe top half, just give it a a sort of overbrush with uh, black. Nice. I shall link the picture at some point during the ensuing conversation because I have a one that I took of my, one of my mechanicum has a something burning above his heat which I did something similar with. So I will uh, link you that while I'm working out the uh, answer to whatever the next question may be. What
4: on earth was the next question? uh this was i'm going to go back through the chat which is a little tricky on my laptop at the moment oh no i clicked on the wrong thing uh so that was oh yes this was about we talked about this the other day and again the other problem i've got with my models is they're a bit too shiny and we know i have a massive aversion to shiny models right Mm
2: -hmm. um
4: you mentioned that you'd been in Conversation with another painter, or looking somewhere, and you'd sort of said, "Oh, this is a good way of dulling a model down." And I think it involved null oil, mixed yeah, all, a certain ratio
3: of all the sort of you know super technical things it could have been, and um, it was a case of just fifty-fifty null oil, but it's not a wash.
4: Uh, right. Okay. So talk me through this because I need it's not to a
3: wash it. you. It's paint it on like a layer. Right. So you don't get loads of pooling. You don't get tide marks you get right. a thin semi-translucent coat of it and it just dulls dulls the shine down now that works for what i was doing um at that uh, with that because it's o- it's over gold are you doing silver or gold or what are you
4: it's doing? actually it's actually going to be pretty much everything <laughs> so great Right-o so yeah it's it's in places it's i think what i've done is i've applied an agrax mix and it's gone shiny which i hate so um it was it doesn't look too terrible it looked much worse on this model but i've stripped it now so it's not too bad but just for future reference i guess to try and apply something over the top of a shiny i have tried varnish but varnish always seems to make it more shiny even the matte one um so yeah sure it's
3: definitely matte you're using not
4: pretty be, sure it is i may be doing it, i know but i'm almost certain i'm using matte but yeah maybe it's just uh, something i need to look at but i might try that on a little bit of the model
3: yeah if you th- i mean you could try neat lamian medium to start with then you're not changing the color um because yep. lamian medium does dry quite matte that's true um you yes. can buy matte medium from various places um but Mm. that you know you, you probably haven't got time for that before you
4: No, i'll, I'll see how see how it looks and um, i've got to almost my um leviathan needs a is, is a little bit shiny so I'm, i might possibly look at you know maybe dry brushing back over with that just to bring that down a bit and uh see how i go from there but I, i've had plans to, to deal with this particular problem but d- knowing that that might be an option to apply that kind of thin veneer over the top mm-hmm. may well help me help me out in a in
3: a pinch. So, Alfred's thanks. Matt lacquer is still pretty good as
2: well.
4: Do you know what? I've got some army painter in a bottle matte that I haven't tried varnish. um So I might give that a go. I've also got the storm shield, which is the one that Games Workshop do um so i might give those a spin and see if they help i'm just very reluctant about getting varnish anywhere near my models because i just previous experiences made them glow even more and i'm like oh my god now it's completely screwed
3: or they go cloudy and they they look like you've chucked telco all over them and you're just like
4: yeah so, I don't have to kind of strip and repaint about the model. So, I'm looking yeah, for a kind of a quick way
3: out here, but yeah, um, just various strength of, of null oil or something like Agrax or a mix between the two, and just sort of again, just as a neat, um, controlled coat over it, don't flood it, um, just actually paint it on and to make sure. sure it's all covered.
4: Let's um, let's have a little talk about your lovely, your um. Talents, which have been causing a little bit of a stir a lot of people been mentioning how nice they like that armor
2: that's yeah.
4: fair this oh. is what happens when you don't look at facebook well yeah it's
2: uh, true
4: i think um quite a few folks have mentioned it um you know about the, how nice that armor is the verdigris the, the way you've done the colors you know mm-hmm. quite yeah. a few chats on instagram as well so um how's that coming along
3: it's all right. I've uh, pretty much finished my tribune today uh, just before we started recording. Um I've pinged some pictures up in uh, in the WhatsApps but I haven't um haven't made them public as yet. Um I'll probably do that. Uh, well, it'll have been done by the time anybody's listening to this. So. Um yeah, it's um I've discovered something super duper cool. Um a guy on instagram called gobble Inns. um he's got some horrific nurgle demons like proper nightmarish nightmare fuel nurgle demons um very talented painter he's been um showing people about this um these products he used for a com- from a company called dirty down they're a uk based company All and right. they do these water-based they're almost like metal reactive paints i don't know if you've heard of them no um, so a metal reactive rust paint basically you put a thin coat of iron over the model and it actually and it actually reacts with oxygen and it and it rusts so you get like a instead of silver plating something you basically rust plate something um oh. this stuff apparently isn't that it's water, it's kind of solvent based it smells quite interesting mm mm-hmm but it has the same effect so it looks like agrax when you put it on right uh, or their um the verdigree one that I've been doing on the custodies looks like a bottle of celia green shade or athonian camo shade right and then you put it on and then it dries and it's literally like it oxidizes in front of you it's bonkers good Wow! Um, like no mixing, no nothing. Just putting it on how you want it. You can be as heavy as as heavy handed or as delicate as you want. And it's like literally weathering in a bottle. It's, it's it's magic. It's amazing. Um. So I'm uh, I'm super chuffed with that. It's keeping the gold really cold, which, yeah, is, which is very great. very different to the GW style. Yeah. You know, the Retributor is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Retributor Gold is the same colour as He-Man, pretty much. Yep. Um,
4: David Dickinson, my
3: uh, fault. Yeah, and the only thing that should be the same colour as He-Man is a decent cup of tea. So, um
4: yeah, maybe I'm, maybe there's a video there. People won't believe this until they see it for their very
3: selves. I think that so. is true. I mean, I can link.
4: Um, I mean, you're talking what sounds like witchcraft to me. So maybe with the benefit of a little video, you can do like a before and after. I mean, it would be just like yeah.
3: Or I'll just I'll just time lapse it. I'll just fill oh. it dry in normally and then speed it up with the, with the wonders of modern technology.
4: Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. So definitely a thumbs up from you then.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the cheapest stuff in the world.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like it saves like a lot of bother though,
3: and gives you yeah. Good, it's like six fifty six fifty a pot, right? <laughs> yeah um i'll i'll let you sort of uh, dial down the pacemaker there sorry should <laughs> have um but it's l- like yeah it's like oh, i'll just dab a bit there dab a bit there instead of like okay so i want a third degree so i'll I'll mix these oils and i'll get the ratio right and then i'll thin it down and then i'll put it there and then it's like now just dab 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 and then it dries and you're like ta-da it's just awesome
4: Good stuff. Well, we look forward to that. When you say a pot, you obviously, for £6.50, you mean, you know, uh, a paint tin?
3: No. Oh. No, I mean about, I mean mean, uh, 20 mil, so 3 mil more than a bottle of Vallejo. (sighs) (laughs) In fact, if it's even even 20 mil, I don't know, I think it might only be a 15. So, um, yeah, you don't get, um, you don't get a lot.
4: This sounds like pro painter stuff though doesn't it this what, is a sort what, of scale what, what, model <clears throat> stuff i assume
3: that's what it is it's um it's military modelers kind yeah. of stuff cool.
2: um,
3: so yeah uh but it, it's worth i think it's going to be worth it over this um over this army it's going to be interesting putting it on uh the vehicles but i've got to get through the infantry first but i'm not rushing myself my um previous kind of tally of oh I'll do 3000 points a year which I've done since 2017 mm-hmm. um I'm not going to push myself for that for the end of this year I'm just going to enjoy doing them when I feel like doing them um I've cheated on heresy a bit with some AOS recently just to sort of it's a bit of a break I've got some military stuff that I'm doing um again just a bit of a break so I'm going to Come backwards and forwards to them, I'm going to get them finished, and we'll take them to an event, but I'm not kind of setting myself a deadline of oh, I've got to have them done by New Year's Eve, okay, uh, sort of um you know, I've got five armies. It's not like if I want to go and play a game, I can't
2: no uh, <laughs> so
3: um yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to enjoy enjoy the process rather than thinking, oh, I've got to get this done by X event
4: makes sense. So. yeah yeah i mean it, it does i mean it, it looks like it's gonna be an incredible army when it's done but i see what you mean it's like without the setting a sort of false deadline gives you a little bit more um
3: yeah i'm, I'm a, good enough, good enough pressure sort of on innovate, myself without yeah. adding time into there you know like, for sure I, I look at you know i look at everything i do and i'm like that could be better that could be better that's yes. not right that could be
4: better that yeah might. i mean i must admit, i've i'm gonna have a game with my iron warriors uh Next week, and it's about the first time in about two years or even longer, you know, when I've used them. And they were obviously the first army that I made, and you're like, oh, crikey, <laughs> they look a bit ropey. Um, so yeah, but whether I'd ever go back and repaint them, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, is it? It's like, you know you you do some models and you think oh yeah i'm pretty happy with those and then when you go back and look at them later on and your skills have improved or you've got a new technique Mm -hmm. you're like oh i would really like to go back and do those again but there you go it's a never-ending never-ending thing which is probably why
3: that means you're learning something so that's that's the bit that i need to focus on that like okay if i look at something and go i did that then and i'm not as you know i i know that i can do better now for example then from that i can go well i've learned something that i've not stagnated at all so that's something positive about looking at something thinking i can do better For sure. that you've gone somewhere i mean how have your adventures in airbrushing been since the well, last chat you haven't rang me up going help it's broken
4: no i managed to avoid the, i found the games workshop paints clog like nobody's
3: business yeah i've never used them i'm kind of regretting. well i've used a few but not many and I'm, I'm not a
4: because i end up in thinning them so much that they're not really i kind of end up with streaks on the model yeah. which isn't great um so yeah i'm still there now i have bought or i haven't subscribed to this new pack you know the
3: whatever it is incursion thing our new magazine thing
4: yeah, yeah. and so i'm going to use that for me airbrushing right so i'm going <laughs> to so this is the plan i've got like 15 Marines to paint left for my uh, Ultramarines um, So I want to get those done Like They're a veteran squad and, I want, and a load of guys With melter guns So I want to get them finished Um, I've got I've got to get a, a Fanatar For my Mechanicum because I don't want to use a knight Every time to make the 3000 points up
3: I can't say anything I've got both
4: So you know, I'm going to put, put Get one of those done and dusted.
3: Lovely, I'm gonna... kit. Lovely kit to paint the thanatar It's a pig to put together. Oh, brilliant. Um, Just because it predates Forge World's nice instruction sheets.
4: Yeah. So I've got that to do. I'm going to go back and have a look at my salamanders and sparingly review some of them uh for a potential repaint. But I'm not going to do another army. I think it's the point I'm making here is I'm not going to do another heresy army until maybe whatever's going to happen in the future yeah, until
3: uh, until whatever K has caird and Surrad.
4: yeah basically so rather than sort of second guess that i'm not i maybe start a new army for that but i'm not going to start one before now normally i've got a heresy army on the go and i pretty much have for the last couple of years so i'm going to stop doing that and i'm going to use the airbrush using these uh plastic figures the necrons and the primaris to try and improve now somebody said to me i don't know what you think about this whether this is a technique that you you use and i've just not been doing it but when undercoating you you can you know with an airbrush you can undercoat in black and then maybe undercoat in a higher in a lighter color and then apply your next color
3: oh yeah every time zenithal uh zenithal pre-highlighting yeah every single time spray everything black yep um you know get a good uh good i always prime with the airbrush now i never bother with rattle cans yep um prime it black and then depending on the color that's going to be going on top i mean it, it's normally white to be fair yep. i use tamiya white and just from whatever angle that sort of suits the model best normally from almost straight above
2: yeah
3: uh, i'm kind of looking at a clock here if you imagine top of the model's bombs is pointing at 12 i'll generally aim the airbrush from about 2 yep so about 45 degrees ish maybe it's a bit steeper um because that shines through especially if you're doing paler stuff yeah it puts, it puts you some natural shading in already um another one you can do is you go for a gray undercoat all over yeah spray black from underneath and then spray white from the top and then that gives you even more of a uh, potentially even more of a fade before you even start thinking about color. You've kind of almost got a monochrome yeah. paint job done to start with.
4: So I'm going to give that a spin. I've got white, I've got black, and maybe I'm going to work on that. Where are you spraying with. nowadays? I'm in my shed.
3: You're in your shed get some time but, it, here.
4: but it's um, it's I've got I'm I'm not I've just spent a ton on a big bottle of the, the Vallejo black.
3: Yeah. And, Valéo Black, I use and, every time. And the, the white over the top.
4: I've got the Vallejo one.
3: Right, you've got the Valéo one. Right, fine, no problem. When that runs out, get some Tamiya XF1. Okay. white It's... The best way to describe it isn't suitable for a PG-13 podcast. It's just awesome.
4: Magic. Okay, I'll give that a spin. So anyway, I haven't done any airbrushing recently. Obviously, Company of Legends, every spare minute of my hobby oh. time up until the event was spent... Mm-hmm writing narrative pretty much um so that's taken a big toll on me on my hobby i have started back again like i said because of the deadline of next week i'm going looking through my army i realize i need to make this hq figure a lot better than it is um
3: well i've linked to you a, a picture of, of some fire okay cool in the chat
4: do, do, do. i just can't help but doing that but was it the crazy word of arthur brown
3: yeah oh, I, 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 I get told <laughs> off for doing it all the time at work when like I'm doing something talking to a customer I'll be like do 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 I'm doing something like team leaders like will you stop humming and do and doo dooing at people i like customers don't mind.
4: <laughs> that is awesome. i just have a look at the, the flame effect you've got there.
3: So like so that is using fluorescence though.
4: Oh right, okay.
3: So that's so, those um yeah. that Miles was talking about at Christmas.
2: Yeah. When well, no, I, I had don't get a chat knew, to Miles and me yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh but the, yeah, I like theory the
4: sort of saying, smoke effect you know
3: that, that's the... just the overbrush of black that is literally just black paint roughly overbrushed over the top
4: give that a spin mate that is leave awesome. it
3: underneath the don't put it on the very underneath edge if you've got an overhang like that because then it looks like it's been lit
2: yep oh, i sense
4: so anyway I think that's all the questions that I had this month from my very own consultant of paint, Mr. Robbing. And again, for folks out there, if there's anything you want to ask, anything um, you're curious about, anything that you've, you think, oh, this is good and we should investigate it and, and pass that knowledge on to other people, please do let us know and we'll yeah. put it in the show.
3: Yeah, anything you want to know? Um, subscribe to Cult of Paint and Little Legend Studio on Patreon.
2: Um, yes. <laughs> but,
4: but for anything else,
2: for anything else, you can ask me.
4: I see you've been to the um, uh, uh, Michael Botterill School again. of Marketing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. Thanks very much for your time, Rob. As always, that's super intuitive. And I'll uh, once I've got my models done, I'll, I'll I'll get them painted and show you the effect of your tutelage.
3: So, Spot on. I feel like hopefully a, a at some trend- point we might be able like, to get you uh, to uh, fire up the logan and uh, head down the uh, head down. Yes. And,
4: uh, yeah, now that we can, I think it's. It, I we feel a, have a bit game
3: like a- at, at the new place that's opened of in Pontefract, Elysium Games.
4: That's a very good idea. And it's not that far. It's only an hour and a bit to your house, so um, we should definitely do that. But yes, I feel a little bit like an esquire, you know, S- handing you the lance for your for your. Uh, joust so keep 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 the info coming and eventually I might be able to you know bring out the morning star right (laughs) all right folks Uh, thanks so much Rob and uh, we'll catch up with everybody next month
3: in a bit bye bye bye
4: So next up, we've got the uh Aubrey scanner. So this is where we kind of talk about all things that aren't all out new release and stuff, but just general stuff, usually things that revolve around what's happening in the community. So a couple of things to mention, really, this, this uh, month's episode. Um, we're starting a new regular feature on the website. So this is on the actual website, not on the Facebook page or anything, where we'd really like to sort of do a community spotlight post. And we'd just love to get some more content from folks who listen to the show, um to contribute it to. So we had a really good opening salvo, I thought. Mm-hmm. Lots of people mm-hmm. putting lots Definitely. of it. wasn't all heresy, which is fine. Um but yeah, just to see how just to celebrate all the all the hobby that happens in the world um around us and what cool stuff people are working on. And there was some yeah, really us, nice stuff in there.
3: Let us know prove all the downloads aren't Graham's Chinese server file.
4: Yes, that's exactly
3: right. let us know.
4: I couldn't fake that even if I tried. So that's that's really cool. Um some stuff that's happening uh sort of in the community sphere if you like so i don't know if anybody else has checked this out but uh, have you seen uh, uh heresy scott's new um feed their kind of live stream stuff that they do on a saturday night yeah a little bit it's on twitch um, i think is it twitch or youtube it might be twitch, uh, twitch. yes yeah, twitch yeah i really enjoyed it it was really good um yeah. i've you know me i don't usually engage too much in these things but i sat through one of them it was excellent kieran's really good there's some really interesting topics of conversation here quite a lot of it similar to what we talked through But it's great to get a, a, a sort of different take on some of these things so yeah i, I think they've got some really good content going forward there so I, I would definitely recommend if you enjoy this podcast to definitely give that a, a watch or a listen um
1: Just with accent yeah. that's kind of how to
4: yeah i, I think it's and very similar like i so say they've got um, they were they're talking about narrative events you know how you differentiate you know going to a narrative event and the, say like a, a tournament and how you kind of pick the right army which is a topic that's kind of close to our heart because it's something we've had to do recently um so yeah uh, i really enjoyed that they also um discovered uh, they also were sort of all discussing you know proxies and i think it's, it is it is a you know so when you get into WYSIWYG and proxies you know, So say proxying something like say the Arvus lighter for the June ship, which I do, I think that's kind of okay. I think it's when, you know, it's not WYSIWYG that that that's tends to annoy people, isn't it? You know, like you, mm. you rock up to something and they go, oh, right, I'm just going to shoot you with these melter guns. It's like, well, those are flamers, for goodness sake. And it's like, oh, yeah, they, were met, they are paid for melter guns. That kind of thing is, I know, um, <laughs> that used to really annoy Adam, Adam Smith, our tame pro painter, uh, when, when we were first playing. So I think I've kind of had that installed from day one um what else oh yeah also another sort of another one for the i've got a theory oh. uh, that that does require
1: Ready, well, we brace themselves
4: i go. think i'm going to put this put a sort of line in the sand here i think that the northeast of england is the best place for heresy in the uk because there's also another channel that's popped up sector wargaming a couple of local uh, chaps here Uh, And and that's another really great set of content that they're doing, kind of battle reports and things uh, and sort of in depth, sort of deep dives into into armies. I think that if you put a sort of geographical kind of radius on the northeast, the volume of clubs, the amount of places where you can play heresy is staggering, I think. And it'd be really interesting to compare that to anywhere else, not just in the UK, but in the world. So there you go. I'm going to kind of call the northeast of England Heresy County from now on. And we're going to get it changed as you come into it from Yorkshire. But (laughs) what do you think, Michael?
0: You know a lot about local clubs and Um, stuff. I think we've we've got quite a lot of uh, decent clubs around here. You know, we haven't, we're not, we're not. I just wonder if it's a bit peculiar to the northeast of England. Sorry, Chris, I can hear you there,
2: mate.
1: So it gets so dark up there so early, you can't go (laughs) outside (laughs)
3: I was very right <laughs> Excuse me, this isn't Scandinavia. <laughs> never, never been your, never been the Rod Gilbert to our, to our Sandy Toxfig. Right. It's not dark twenty-three hours. It.
1: I left London on Monday after Comedy of Legends, and it was, it was okay. It was, but there was a bit of a chill in the air, and uh-huh. that four in the afternoon. Yes. I get down to London. I take about four steps out of London. It's like the middle of summer again. So...
3: Yeah, but you know the difference? People get off the train in the north of England and think, I might buy a house one day. And then people get off the train in the south of, south of England and think, good God, I can't afford a sandwich and starve to death.
4: <laughs> there is, of course, that whole uh, you know, geopolitical, geopolitical divide. But I just like to say if you take Brighton, for example, which has got a lot of people in it, right? Dense population. For per head of population and per club, I think that, you know, you'd expect more, because I think it's like Dive Saloon. I don't know of any other clubs that run regularly there. They used to be like King and, King and Queen, but, yeah, I don't you know. Think
1: warlords is going anymore, but I could be yeah. wrong.
4: So, but I, up here, really within a very, very, I just wonder, is it, what is it about the North So anyway, maybe I'll write to the Sunderland Echo or the Newcastle Chronicle and maybe do a piece on the local paper, because it is pretty, I was thinking
3: about it the other day. That was all. Is the Northern Echo still going? Yeah. Northern Echo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. yeah, granddad used to get that every day, Northern Echo. Yeah, that's the, I would that's be I would authority. I would be super proud if somebody I know did an, did an, uh, an article <laughs> in the Northern Echo. You'd have to buy an extra copy and send me it because it's yeah. I have a deep sentimental attachment to that newspaper.
4: But yeah, I just wondered if anybody uh, thought there was another area in the country that was similar. Uh, I, mean, maybe I, think some down. In, I think
3: there's some people in Peterborough and Leicester are probably really annoyed at you right now.
4: And it is a little bit of a flippant comment, but maybe I'm wrong. It's possible, of course. Um, but it just struck me that there was an awful
0: lot of places in comparison. Yeah. To, I mean, in terms the, of the country, in terms of clubs, we definitely do have a lot of um, yeah. a lot of clubs in an area. We've had a few fold over the years, but by and yeah. large, something. I mean, Blythe, little town on the coast has two.
4: Yeah. So I wonder whether the other, the other thing I can think of is that maybe it's a question of economics
3: mm-hmm. and that, you know, because village people can halls afford to
2: buy houses, they
4: still buy a buy an army. <laughs> well, no, I, I, it's more to do with the fact that there's there's a lot of village halls. that like every village has got its own village hall now,
2: or has, you know, know. And
4: and there's a lot of places where you can, you know, run a club. Whereas maybe in the south, those are all kind of booked up all of the time, and it's almost impossible to find a. A, a, a time and a place to do it. Have, he, you, was,
3: have, you looked, have you looked at Normandy, Chris? Because that's probably closer than <laughs> a lot of the clubs to you. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, uh, thanks uh, thanks to our super thanks to our super generous foreign secretary, you know, you're guaranteed a lift back. <laughs>
1: um, but I, I think that would be a you know I have we have travelled to France to play uh games in the past. Have, yeah.
3: Um
1: but but I think there might be a, a stretch on a regular
4: it's a bit of a job to get over there on a Wednesday night. You live the by show. the seaside, by a boat. Yes. But anyway. Yeah, that's 50 miles
3: from the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the other side of it. Anyway. Um, so you yeah, anyway, have big in and pinch a spit for You
4: could do this. It, I just thought that was quite a, that was a thing. But anyway, so yeah. that's kind of, in terms of the stuff, because like I say sector wargaming, there's us, of course, with the podcast and Company of Legends. Um, every, there's lots of other clubs, you know, Heaton, South Shields, Durham, you know, we're all running heresy events independently. So, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. So the other thing to talk about, I suppose, on the Augury Scanner um, is Chris and I are off to, well, I'm journeying back down to my spawning ground in the south.
3: Don't sound
4: um, like that. <laughs> no, right, that sounds all kinds of wrong. i
3: have just got visions of you
1: swimming on waterfalls and like... Swimming, like that. swimming
4: downstream. Those little
1: playing fields are there anymore, so you're in all sorts of bother... <laughs>
4: I think that, <laughs> I think that I would, uh, you know, I would probably be picked out of the river and thrown back into the ocean, probably with Green Priest's blessing if they if they caught me swimming in the river. But um, there's a we're going to a tournament. Well,
2: no, we're,
1: a, we're going a to an
4: event. Going to an event. Narrative event, and it's in Eastleigh, which is near Southampton. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the first time I've travelled for since lockdown. Since your birthday. Yeah, since the yeah, exactly right. So this was booked way, way back in the day, but obviously with the COVID thing, it's got pushed back like our events were.
1: This was yeah, this is for April twenty twenty, and I had completely forgotten about this event until yes. some my brain went, "I wonder what's going on with Decimation," and yeah. then we panicked.
4: <laughs> yeah, so this is the Decimation event. Uh, it's like I said, it's been it's been on the back burner for for some time, but we're going down there. So this is a kind of doubles event. Yeah, it's a doubles event. You've got a three thousand point list between the two of you, but you both have to have kind of valid force orgs.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So it's not like you can, you know, somebody takes all the troops and somebody takes all the heavy support.
2: if
1: there are any missions that don't include include scoring units, then there's gonna be some rage.
4: <laughs> so we've got that. Um you can have one heavy, um, Lord of War choice at the normal 750, um, 25%. So the, the list that we've put together, we're going with the Salamanders on my side and Chris is taking the Blood Angels. So we've been given this yeah. some thought, how are we going to play this? Um, and so obviously Chris with the um, Blood Angels is going to be the Fast and the Furious.
1: As, as per.
4: So we've got a couple of um, Assault Squads. Do you want me to go through the whole list? Yeah,
1: yeah, do that. Because I've, I've written it all out because I had to email it over from the other day. So all right, yeah, cool. So i combined...
4: Yeah.
1: This. So, yeah, I've gone Centurion uh, Champion, Artificer Arm Jump Pack, Paragon Blade, Inferno Pistol, because Blood Angels. Yep. Uh, uh, Bomb, and then I've got a Moritat. I'm calling him Double Shooter Dave. Double uh, Shooter Dave. Name that our brother once had, um, and he has on Double Inferno Pistol choice why why not
4: double and, inferno pistol moritan exactly that's, that's how we roll
1: that's yeah we, we we've gone kind of i realize this we've gone very melter heavy <laughs> we <laughs> have without we have gone absolutely melter crazy uh and you as your single hq you've gone with zafias yeah
4: yeah he's an awesome kind of hq choice i think uh he's effectively a chaplain so he gives you <laughs> Zella. Um he's also got his level one psycho. You don't you don't roll for his powers, he automatically comes with prescience and uh pre precognition. Uh so prescience obviously is the re-roll everything. Precognition is for the psyker re-roll everything, including all the saves in the world. So you've got a uh four plus in one save that's boosted to the three plus because he's got a shield. Um not you know, nothing special, he's just got a power more. Um, and a combi flamer for a weapon but he's he's like one of these kind of buffer kind of HQ choices if you see what I mm. mean so
3: Armander's ones tend to be aren't they
4: yeah I mean the 3 plus invon that could potentially be re-rolling if I roll the dice right from the <sighs> psychic shenanigans I mean he's, he's not going to take on the uh, Primark and win but he he could def- could potentially hold him up for a turn or two if I'm super lucky
2: mm.
4: so yeah that's the plan anyway so, so-
1: that's the plan for the yeah. HQs. um where are we uh, so we're on to elites so i'm just taking i'm just taking so one apothecary with a jump back with no extra special tricks so he's you know, points points were at a premium yeah uh, uh, we've got a a seven man Dawnbreaker cohort with six spears and then the um sergeant character has got a blade of perdition. So that's, every wound caused counts as two, Um, they have rolled four.
4: Was that the one that was used to be referred to as the Blade of Salty Tears? The Blade it of Salty
1: Tears, yeah, it is the Blade of Salty Tears, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we've got one of those, mm-hmm. Um. yeah, the rest have got the spears, because mm. I like spears. Are I these think.
4: the spears that give you a better one on the charge?
1: Yeah, Yeah. all spears give you a better, so, so they're AP2, plus one strength on the charge. Nice. Pretty really normal the rest of the time, so. Gotcha, cool. The apothecary will be rolling with them because they'll be rolling. champion. Mm-hmm. Death Stars. Yeah, the, the, that's going to be the only problem I've got is that the Moritat doesn't have anyone that he can. No,
4: he's, he's he's on his own. His double shooter Dave. He's going he to have is, to do a job. On his Todd.
1: He's got targets and he's going to be probably doing what. My favorite thing is, you know, danger close deep. Danger
4: strike. deep striking off the edge deep of the board every turn.
1: stitch <laughs> pistol range. It's going to be close.
4: Because yeah, that's all it is, isn't it? Six inches on the. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is the whole new definition of up close and personal, that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be scraping some armour off uh, tanks as
4: I. <laughs> deep, a- deep strike in.
1: Yeah. Uh, troop time. Troops, we've got uh, 14 man, two 14 man assault squads, all with melt bombs and power fished on the sergeant. That's, a, and,
4: that's uh, good. That's good numbers, I
1: think. Those because, you know basically they're the only troop choice i've got for the blood angels assault squad to so. say
4: yeah 14 so big squads all with melter bombs you say
1: all with yeah all with melter bombs because you know Definitely. we yeah. love that's the melter um, and you've got two tactical squads just yeah the squads
4: yeah, talk about troop tax this is, <laughs> this is basically i haven't even given them extra class combat weapons which is normally my go-to
2: yeah
4: um i have given the sergeants combi melters yeah. Um because basically that's how, that's how the models are models. I couldn't couldn't be bothered to try and put another two together. So yeah, the sergeants are going with just the comedy No artists for armor, nothing, they're just that classic troop tax. Hundred and twenty five well, or hundred and thirty five points for each unit there.
1: Exactly. Uh fast attack, You've got fast attack choice with the Contemptor Incendius. So he's got one Talon of Perdition and one Dreadnought Close Combat. Weapon, so he can smash tanks and smash people especially Primarchs
4: he's uh, cool has not he? he so he can use his jetpack once per game isn't it or he can deep strike I think, think he
1: can deep strike to um, if he wants to and then he loses the jump pack yeah. or he can use it to uh, roll 3d6 to charge I think can't, can't, okay, I've got it. off the top of my head unfortunately nice the books to hand at this point in time but being nice. his first out yeah. Um took him purely because that talon of perdition, if there is a Primarch running around. You know, he's double bubble wounds. yeah, exactly, because he's the, the talon is only strength seven, it's only the strength of the dreadnought. Right. So, you know, he's, he's he's there to yeah, double bubble wounds on on big things that we want killed. Nice. Big demons and such like, and then the mm-hmm. other hand is for sort of crushing everything else. Um and he's got melter guns in both the both of the fists. Just choices. solid, uh, solid yeah. choice. I, if I had an extra ten points, so uh, I would have put one assault cannon in there.
4: Yeah, we love an assault cannon as well, but yeah.
1: But points points at yeah. a premium. So we then go on to heavy support choice and continuing our theme of melter, we've got a Leviathan with a cyclonic melter lance and a Siege drill. Yeah, that's my that's my bouncer. That's your, your backdoor bouncer. Yes, yeah. uh, and he's two heavy flamer nipples. Yes, so he's a, you know ward off anybody who thinks. Yeah, he's right basically me. to sort
4: of yeah to anybody who has a little tickle behind behind the lines. I'm going to kind of have him marauding yeah. to protect things.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we then move on to uh, salamander, Arcus, a salamander, and Arcus. You nice wouldn't bit.
4: leave home without one.
1: Nope. Graham certainly wouldn't. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> and then we get onto our Lords of War choice, and you can you can tell the tell the. Yes, so mm-hmm.
4: this is the Sakarian Sorry, this is the m- m- what? No, Yeah, Malk. Mac- er- Mas- yeah, Macarian. Ma- Macarius ma- mm-hmm. Vulcan. So this is the one with the Vulcan megabower. So fifteen shot strength six AP three doesn't move. Thirty shot strength six AP three. It's got heavy bolters on the side sponsons and a heavy stubber at the front. Not the most um, resilient of heavy of Lords of War. Pretty cheap though, 430 odd points. I think he rocks in that. The main reason I'm kind to put him in is to deal with hordes. You know, a, a demon horde or something. Just volume of fire. It's not AP2, but it, it's just enough to hopefully whittle down anything that's too crazy. Galvorback, back, was- for example
1: quite a few solar ox armies as well yeah. so i'm expecting big units of big tar
3: pit uh, units of ad secularis etc that'll
4: yeah i mean there's literally nothing i can do if somebody decides to just pop up with a um handy uh what they're called termite with a load of flipping and gits. but there's, yeah. there's
1: one thing we could do and that's me throw my blood angels at them
4: and yeah the stories that everything will be dead the super heaven would certainly be dead because there's nothing I can do to intercept it. Like, you know, normally you'd have something with an aubrey scanner just for that, but there's just literally no room in the inn for anything. So it seems quite strong. It's always hard to judge if we've gone if we've gone too far. There isn't a lot of fat on that, I will say that much. Um but we just I just don't know what the, whether we've pitched it too too powerful or not powerful enough. I mean, it feels pretty strong. Uh, obviously, our dice rolls generally let us down horrifically, so there's no re-roll in there. Um, the army has got the um, hasn't got a, we haven't got any rights to war nope. uh, anywhere, so yeah, there's there's not a lot to help us really. It's just going to be brute strength and ignorance really.
1: Well, I don't I don't need to deep strike anything. You know, originally I was going to take Day of Revelations, mm. and then, but points meant that I had to downgrade to a uh champion as opposed to a a Praetor, or you know, and I wanted the Delegatus, didn't want a Delegatus either because I wanted the extra weapon skill and the master crafted um,
2: yeah.
1: weapons. So, yeah, I mean, there's um, you know, there's there are some pretty nifty combos on the other side of the that we would like to face. You know, there's uh, I'm just having a quick look, there's about four thousand suns, uh, there's a thousand suns and demons list, <sighs> there's a thousand suns and mechanicum list. Uh, Sons of Horus and Space Wolves list, that's probably going to hurt. Um, there that's is weird. Not,
3: that's not somebody who's playing games then. That's
1: um, the, no, There is weirdly a Demons of the Rune Storm and Blood Angels list, so I, you know, there, there may have to be a conversation there at some point.
4: <laughs> this is the old thing about. I mean, yeah, you, there's only something you're taking Demons of the Rune Storm for. Loyalists, it would always feel wrong to me, but, you know, silly. So um, Same
3: with Sons of Horus and Wolves yeah that's
4: um yeah an interesting combo well
1: uh, i suppose the thing is if you you know it's, it's teams so you know if you, if your mate is if you want to play a game with your mate and he doesn't have a a loyalist or a traitor army yeah
2: you know. and, and i guess it's
4: that's probably quite likely because most of the time it's usually you know two people playing in you know in a room or something or a shed and you know you, you know one who takes the traitors and one who takes the loyalists so it doesn't make sense It'd be interesting to see because I think our our folks are um, battle brothers, aren't they? Yeah. Blood Angels and Sanamanda, so you know we can use independent characters in our, from each of them in our own squads, for example. So I could get Zafir Cesar to join the Blood Angels. Of course, he hasn't got a jump pack, so that wouldn't do them a lot of favors. But that kind of thing could happen. So um, we shall see.
1: But, well, like, I mean, if I have to jump back and help him out, yeah. Else?
4: I mean, he, he's still a chaplain, so he'll still give you all the all the re rolls in the world. Um, oh good! Didn't I have two um two quad cannons in there?
1: Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I do. Oh, I do apologise. Yeah, I, I skipped those out. Actually, you got two quad launchers. Yeah. Um. Battleships. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
4: So going for the volume of fire again is the, is the theme there. So, what do you think, Rob?
3: Nice. It's a nice balance because you can hold the line, and then Chris can sort of nip around and sort of play fire yeah. brigade basically
4: yeah i think that that's the plan we'll see how we get on let's like, say if it's a big old demon list or in a thousand sons with all their trickery i think going we'll to struggle but we shall see How about you yeah. mr b
0: i think it sounds like an interesting list it sounds like you're gonna have fun that's the point isn't it
3: yes are you, are you taking the uh are you taking the luchador masks and everything yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we agreed that uh, Border del Imperio will be making a reappearance.
3: <laughs> did that <laughs> intro thing that I recorded for you, my old work, survive? Because I can't find it.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't I mean, remember. It's got to be around somewhere.
2: Well, <sighs> we it's
3: like I worked out, I worked out something suitably uh, <laughs> yeah, I su- su- suitably um, complementary in Spanish and did your little intro, didn't it?
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, so we'll have to find that. So, anyway, that's yeah. yeah. somewhere. So, that's the plan. We'll see. Well, obviously, at the next uh, one of these that we record, we'll be able to tell you exactly how it went. I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's uh, when are you off? So, we're off. I'm going to head down on the Saturday. So, it's just one day on the Sunday. Oh,
2: what,
0: what date is it? 26th. 26th is the, the yeah. event. So. Yeah. It's only, so, it's
1: only three games. Three games? Yeah. Yeah. Three games. So, so, yeah. It should be good fun should well, be good well, and put them on the on the socials I expect yeah i will forget
4: also it'd be nice for Chris not to have to spend five hours coming back from an event for once so he'll actually be at home because uh, <laughs> I think that's good that must be wearing good. you down Chris that journey
1: do you know what? I I really felt it after um cover after last week yeah for about days afterwards i was just like i just want to sleep I don't know <laughs> how, how tiring that journey up and down is
4: i think also um, it's, i mean the event itself is tiring which actually does segue rather nicely into our next segment yeah
2: I've
4: professionals about are we absolutely <laughs> so yeah let's get on to the next bit
3: And now we have, for those of us that weren't there, me included, a brief overview of the recent Company of Legends. Main report is going to come later on, but uh, we have a, a brief yeah. John Craven newsround version <laughs> of Company of Legends.
4: <laughs> well, crikey, that is really going back some. So, what, what do we think? Um,
1: Transitioned into country file as well,
4: then. Yes, I talk. think that's maybe that's our next our next podcast.
0: Uh, I've only scheduled in fifteen minutes for this, so everything. Yeah, so we'll have to be quick.
1: Hang on, this is okay. So just, just no. Uh, this is the first episode, ladies and gentlemen that my Mister B, has done show notes with time limits on the sections. Challenge accepted. Yeah, hey, I don't know what he's
4: getting at there. I think there uh-huh. might be, might be some editorial choices that are that are coming along. So, okay. So we had company of legends, and um, let's talk about the prep beforehand, right? So. <laughs> It's kind of, even though we had more time to prep for this than any other single event, (laughs) we still ended up rushing to get it done in the last two weeks. So, and this involved me writing pretty much, well, rewriting the story after speaking to Chris, uh, pretty much the whole of the story uh, on my holiday, which actually was very nice, to be fair, because when I was on my holiday, I had a a fantastic view and it was very calming. But um, so once again kind of student syndrome which is a thing you know where you just leave stuff to the last minute has uh, kicked in
1: which we operate that's that's you know
4: i think we have to we need to that sort of the threat of that deadline to actually motivate us to actually get off our backsides and get it done um we
1: crave the rush that's what it is it's that yeah it's the serotonin release of knowing that you've
0: finished it 20 minutes
4: wait that you're right maybe that's what we crave that last minute
0: to be so honest they, i was i was half expecting something to go wrong and and for us to be told, oh, right, you can't actually have it because, you know, the, the, new, the, the a new variant has come up and, you know, it, it makes people grow antlers or something.
2: That would have been, that would have been cool,
0: wouldn't it? Um, but, yeah, I, I think that we have had to
4: kind of just put that aside and think, well, that if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I thought, I've got to be honest with you, I think this was the best company Legends that we've run was my overall impression.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, I thought it was excellent. I'd agree with that. Uh, I think was there so- was... It felt like the accumulation of a lot of years of work, um so I think that the new kind of bounty system and the um reward system was super slick in comparison to previous years, and we may oh, have taken yeah, yeah, something yeah. something away
0: a lot less downtime
4: from that, you know in terms of this, the sort of strategic immersion, but I think the payoff that we got was was worth it if you see what I mean i think we kind of simplified it down to a point where you can do it with a large group of people and it still have some kind of meaning
1: it, it had enough for everybody you know you had the the thing of the strategic element about what people are going to do with the bounties and who's going to do what with those and then how they're going to spend their points um and it just had a, a nice balance for the people that want that level of the extra level of decision making yeah um and enough for the people that are like, I just want to roll dice, mate. Just just you know what Yeah. Just so, get on with that kind of thing. So I think we've yeah, I, I think we finally got that
4: happy. Yeah, that, I think the, the you know, having all of the narrative, which was like you know, probably the best part thirty thousand words in the end between us, probably more. Um, but having that as like an optional thing for people to read, but having like the the mission briefings reflect the story. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought that worked ever so well. And also thought the secret missions thing was another was another plus point there was some really great feedback about how we can use that better in the future which I thought was very valid and there was a couple of things that we got about some of the balancing of the missions was a little bit out and I think we noticed that
1: someone someone tried to rig game four and it backfired on them so you
4: know, <laughs> yeah. them. um but they <laughs> they um but some of the missions were you either the one you are the one big or you didn't you, yeah so they wasn't they weren't you know, it just felt that maybe they weren't always as balanced as they could be. The actual scores for the event, if you like, were super close. It was actually on three rounds. It was one. There was one battle in it, so it wasn't as if, um, you know, it was a complete landslide. But I think some of the missions we just need a little bit of tweaking to make them a little bit more balanced. Um, but so we got some great feedback from from people about that. So that's definitely something we can do. But it's it's fairly minor compared to what it's normally like. I, I thought the people that came were. And I'm going to probably annoy a lot of folks here, but we're just a fantastic crowd of people. And um, so tidy. Like normally. Yeah. Fair, sometimes on a Saturday morning, it's, it's, it's like something from Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just like this. Absolutely.
1: Pointed out that a standard has now been set by attendees at Comptey. <laughs> and just... that is on a, on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning, two cans of Coke on tables left it
0: was, out it was unbelievable yes they tied it up half of themselves they even uh, took it out to the bin. It, was, it was it
4: was great it, it was absolutely ma- magic so that was a really big thank you to people that came but I, I also felt the atmosphere was really good people really got into the event you know people were kind of concerned or, or wanted to find out about how to spend their points and how the, how the thing was going lots of people asking you know how the overall campaign was going and stuff so i just felt that this was definitely all the lessons that we've learned from the previous years and sort of iterated on the process i think I'm, I'm quite happy with this now i think this is something that you know i would happily do again um without making too many changes i think it's just the missions need a little bit of a tweak in some areas but all I, in all yeah, i'm, I'm, I,
1: I'm I in future not snap as uh, at so many people when they come and ask me questions when i'm doing stuff <laughs> trying to sort out table arrangement and stuff like that for
4: people i think what we need to do I, is I possibly try and be a, uh, yeah I, I think we, we might need might to probably have a sort of personal service head on yeah i think we need uh, somebody to do that and the other person to field questions so that we don't have that potential in the future but you're right there was still obviously we were trying to still sort some the things out in terms of who was playing who particularly with the bounty system which does throw a few spanners in the works but um we got there we totally got there in the end i think we only had one. Uh, you know where somebody had played somebody before. I think we had one instance of that, and we well, so. yeah, and we we soon sorted that out. So yeah, it was super slick. The briefings in the room were good. Putting the maps in the room, you know, up on the on the wall, I thought worked really well. And been able to sort of talk to people about what was happening in the certain sectors of the of the game world. Um, I wish the postcards had turned up and the stickers. I'm really annoyed about that because um, they're really cool, and we'll get them sent out to people if they want to send us their addresses but
0: yeah are you you going to bring me one on uh on saturday or sunday whatever day you're coming over yeah of course mr b of course
4: um but yeah so all in all from our point of view anyway we've we've had i think about 17 people respond to the feedback which is also awesome as well um Uh, 18 now oh 18 it was generally most people were happy with what we did and we kind of met people's expectations which is good because there was a lot of hype for this event um and i think as a team collectively um it was really, really good. It was a really, very, very professional and yeah. well-run well run effort.
2: You
1: know, there will be a few tweaks for March, you know, just in um, what people are
0: doing and stuff. Yeah, yeah just, just kind of organisation as well. Like, I, I think a common thing was that uh, we did the, maybe we did the, um, oh what's the word I'm looking for, the judging of the, of the armies a bit late in the day and maybe we should have done it a lot earlier
4: yeah and i think also people wanted to see the lists sooner so rather than a week before the event as well so maybe doing doing but that that.
1: was down to our personal time and you know yeah absolutely people sort of crunching for time
4: yeah but it was a lot of it was a lot of work to get done and i was a little bit nervous we hadn't done it for a year or so you know whether people were still going to be interested in what we're doing but i generally felt that we we did we did a good job there so Fingers yep. crossed. I mean, it's obviously you don't want to be super self-congratulatory, but from our point of view as an event, it, it, it did everything that we'd want it to do. You know, and I don't think we could have done a great deal to make it any better.
0: Uh, only next time, don't let the doctors change my medication like two days beforehand.
1: We'll, we'll write a note, especially. So, yeah. Because I,
0: I, I was literally dead on my feet and falling asleep half of Saturday. Yeah. Which is not good.
2: We've, no worries, there,
4: no, there were no major emergencies so, you know, we, we, whatever happened, we, we covered for each other. And that's what we do as a team. So it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. OK, cool. So, yeah, we, we'll probably go into maybe a little bit more detail next time. But from our point of view so far. Um,
1: well, well, I've got to crunch numbers and I'll be able to run through sort of who scored what and, you know, who was the who was the robbing of this event. So, yeah,
4: well, now we'll be able to see it in glorious technical when Rob comes down because the bounties, there is no hiding from the bounty system. Mr.
0: Rob. I like that. It, there was a lot less downtime. And I think that's been a, a, a criticism of events past, that the, that between games was way too much downtime.
4: Yeah, yeah. and I think it's like some people want to, that fully immersive experience. Yeah, yeah, some like,
0: people want that, some people don't. And, and I think, some people people don't. I think yeah. the bounty has reached a nice medium. You're welcome. It wasn't just, a, oi,
4: cheeky <laughs> monkey. Um, but the, I think the, like, the rewards thing, everybody kind of really got into that as well, which was surprising. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like, like with the strategy phase previously, some people were like, well, like, j- just put me wherever you want, I don't really care. Um, whereas other, with this, you know, everybody wanted to say, oh, no, we want to buy this upgrade, or no, we'll bank it for the next one, or no, we want to buy this at the end in game four, so or game five. So.
0: Yeah, it definitely seemed like people were more involved.
4: Yeah, so I think we've got that right. I think that's one definite, massive improvement that we've made, which is to sort of simplify it, but we haven't lost any of the kind of uh, from the majority of people. There's a degree of immersion that's that's good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Cool. Uh, so shall we move on and talk about kind of the feature I guess for tonight, which is scenery. Let's do it. Right. Uh, what we're going to do is talk about sort of our main feature, uh, as it were, for this episode, is we wanted to talk about scenery. Now, we had this question sort of sitting on the back burner for a few weeks now. We had it asked by a um, uh, a guy who emailed in um, and he was asking, you know, what kind of scenery do you need to have a good game of heresy? And um, I thought it might be worth talking about that because i think a lot of people who uh, you know in these recent day years well year and a bit have been playing from home and there seems to be a, a perception for some people that they have to have this massive table filled with terrain that uh, you know that's all fully painted and you know plastic and what have you and i, I think maybe that's uh, something we can dispel or clarify rather so i mean for you guys What would you say makes a good table to play on? Um,
1: Something that I can hide my troops behind when they deep strike. That (laughs) tends to make a good level of terrain for me. Uh, But, I mean, you want that nice mix, don't you? You want lines, uh, avenues of fire, but you don't want it to be oppressive.
4: Yeah, I I, I must run with you, if it's too city fight e I, I don't like playing on them and i guess you could argue that that's because yeah all your armies are shooting armies so you want you know you don't want your people sneaking up around the corner but i think it's a balance if it's too overloaded with scenery it just also i think it delays the game a lot and it becomes quite a slog sometimes so yeah i i think it's a, it is a balance i think you do need a fair amount of line of sight blocking for heresy for sure um, but I wouldn't want to say it's like completely dense unless you are playing like a almost like a zone watalis kind of offshoot uh, in city fight or something like that. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's um that's what I would say is you know you need some line of sight. It needs to be interesting, I think, as well. And if possible, like we do try this on company legends tables, is you know the table has a, a bit of a theme. You know that all of the scenery tells its own kind of story, so you can say oh this is a, like a ruined area, you know, because there's buildings that are all all smashed up, or this is like an old manufactorum or something, because you've got all of the pipework and the, whatever they're called, plasmic phased (laughs) boilers or whatever the manatees have named them this week. So yeah, I think that is that is kind of key. Um, Yeah. What do you guys think? Rob, you've been quite quiet.
3: Mm, I was just trying to sort of thinking, because I've sort of put a table together over lockdown, but it's not a... Not a heresy table. Yeah, I've put a um, for precisely the reasons mentioned. I've put a sort of you know three by three play at home sort of generic, basically D and D type table rather than yeah. anything else, which I've got to work on. Um, for me, it's full on immersion, so I like fully modelled, like basically a three foot by three foot diorama is basically for, is is me, but that's that's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's my love of artisanal third-party stuff coming to the fore. Um, yeah. So you know, like um, you know, sourdough for catcher buildings and stuff like that. Um, yes. <laughs> avocado static grass. Um, I think for events, I have a very different viewpoint. That if I go to someone's house, right, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I think if I go to someone's house, weirdly, I think I expect a higher standard than if I'm at an event. Gotcha. Because obviously they don't have to worry about it being used by a lot of other people. It doesn't get transported as much.
4: Yeah, I see what you mean. So, uh,
3: so I, if it, me doing a table, I want it to look as to be as good as the forces that are playing on it.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you take the best tables, I think I've ever played on for that have been the ones at Warhammer World, right? Because they are bespoke, you know, hand-built tables, pretty much. I mean, there's some lovely tables there, but the one that stands out, I think, is um, the sort of one with the bridge in it, and you know, the sort of, I think the tower one's quite good as well. But we've played on a few of those, and if they still have them, but um, they do, yeah, well,
0: they those, do,
4: yeah. Those are, you know, if you can go into somebody's house and see something like that. But I guess what you're saying here, Rob, is that. You know, if, if you were building a table and you had the space to have a six by four, it would be to the same standard as kind of what your painting is. So yeah. you would be, you know, it would be almost like telling its own story. You know, this this is this particular battlefield, and on this battlefield, this happened previously.
3: And I'd, your go, for mo- over I'd this. go for modular, so you could move it around, so you weren't on exactly the same thing every time. But every sure. sing- every single tile would be done as good as I could.
4: Okay. I think that tables can help with immersion but I uh, but they can also very much break the immersion. You see what I mean? So I think it's a you know, you need something to that's okay. You know, I can I can use my imagination from here on in, but if it's very glaring, and I don't want to pick on them because it's going to come up. I know my Mark, Michael's almost certainly going to mention it anyway. But if we it wasn't for the heresy event, but certainly for the Warhammer event, the infamous uh London GT that time you know, was would would have completely broken any any sense of kind of narrative or. But I
1: think, that to be fair to that event and that situation, was that was a competitive tournament. Yeah. That, was a, that wasn't a narrative event. That was a competitive tournament. Everything had to be pretty much level playing field for every game, because, you know, that's that was the.
4: Yeah, which totally makes start. sense, doesn't it? You know, I think that's fair and enough.
1: If, you know, you wouldn't do that in in heresy because it's a different kind of thing to a hardcore 40k tournament so
4: just yeah no it's true but i guess it's just that if that you know if you were playing that does very much break the immersion but yeah i think yeah that's that's that seems to sum that up mr b what about you i mean you you love scenery to an almost uh almost worrying
0: degree Um, i wouldn't say i love it it's just we need scenery for company of legends we i know I, I, i think it's been I, I, well i haven't sort of said it publicly but we're going to reduce the size of the event from the current 36 i think yeah. down to yeah. 30 simply because i think from this event we realized actually that extra room for people on the floor is appreciated yeah i, and think it's, yeah. It's,
1: I mean that was one of the things actually was looking at the 20 however here we, we had or 26 was like how do we fit another 10 people in here
0: yeah, yeah and I, I think we'll be going down that route from, from after yeah. the next one because the next one is sold out to 36 yeah but um uh, which reminds me someone did drop out and i don't think i told you oh okay, okay. Uh, i'll tell you in a minute uh <laughs> off air <laughs> uh anyway um but yeah so for me scenery i like theme. I don't like to play on a table that is exactly the same as the table next to it or the table on the other side, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. It just, the idea of playing five games or three games or whatever, how many games on the same table, just, ooh, I don't, I, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. And you know what, if that's your if that's your bag, if that's your bag, no problem with it whatsoever. You know, we all we all like different mm, things. Okay, yeah. Um, but I like tables to be different. It's like, I mean, the Warhammer World tables. I mean, my favorite one is the one with the with the downed Warlord Titan myself. It's the
1: one we played on at Chris's birthday, wasn't it? That was.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, I thought that was a bit fiddly. It is a bit fiddly, but it's different. You know, it's. Yeah. I mean, how often are you going to get a play on a table like that? And yeah, uh, the, the bridge one is really good. Yeah, the bridge one is absolutely phenomenal. And I would say also you've got the. Um, Oh, what's the other one that, that I like? It's sort of like a, a, a white city board. But yes. I think it's absolutely lovely. Uh, my mate Joe, neighbour, built that one. It's, um, a, West, it's a shopping centre. Sorry? That kind of white. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that. But it's on a diagonal sort of road going to, yeah. from corner to corner, which is a bit different. Anyway, uh, so, that, yeah, that's me. Um, So what I've done is I sort of identified four price points I said, right, this is what you would do, how how I would build a table at these price points. And mm-hmm. Just talk through, yeah. through these and sort of say, yeah, okay, you know, I suggest. So for me, I call this the retro gamer. Uh, nice. I've given it a maximum budget of £10, and it's super simple. It's the way I used to play as a Ben. Basically, got your table, yeah. green bed sheet or cloth mat, whatever. Perfect. You put some books on the table, lay the sheet or mat over it, and you've got hills.
2: I mean, they just right. have that
1: on the back of the uh codexes didn't they yeah I mean, exactly that's yeah. how i played at home as a kid i think that's how um super simple i, I remember I played on dave's living room floor once like that I just, yeah, a, yeah.
4: we used to spray paint um like containers so we'd like look out for your <laughs> looking packaging you know and just basically spray paint that black or gray and, like, oh, there's a building sorted and that's a yeah, good thing exactly. I still that, do that it now comes,
0: to a certain extent. And that lot, comes doesn't. into it. I mean, uh, we were, I don't know. Um... Those personal tubs
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. Put, like, yeah, yeah. A coat bottle to the side of one of them. You've got a nifty little factory
0: kind of thing going on. Yeah. Totally. Oh, definitely. But it's, yeah. it's the way we like, used to play there, as a
3: kid. There's companies that, uh, you know, like this is maybe going up into the next one, though, but there's companies that do MDF kits to adapt to coke cans and stuff, aren't there?
0: Yeah, or or for even three D printing coke cans. Oh, you know what? I forgot a local company. I'll mention it at the end there. But uh, who do some stuff anyway? But that's exactly. And we used to remember. I don't know if you remember. White Dwarf used to have plans for like how to build sort of like little buildings or stuff out of like mm. cereal boxes and stuff. And if you can get some, you know, I mean, with the Warhammer Plus Vault, you never know. They might put these issues in there. You, you, you might get guides for you know if you can find the old guides. You've got some very interesting, this is how we make a cardboard strong point that you can just sit a few Marines on and shoot yeah. from. I think we used to have one of them for Company of Legends until quite recently. I mean, you can use literally the, fell apart. the flaps of a box of cereal, literally fold them in half, and you've got an Aegis defence line. Yeah, exactly. But go. I think that is, if, you are, if you've if you been stuck at home in lockdown, you're not going out of much. your club's folded or whatever over lockdown, or still can't open because of restrictions i know there are a few places like that do this maybe, at home.
4: Yeah, maybe time. that's maybe that's a challenge right scratch built
0: table who could who could come up with the best one <laughs> if you can find some of the old plans from white dwarf i think the fourth edition 40k four rulebook actually had a um, plans how to build a imperial bunker out of like plasticard oh cool, yeah
3: The the old how to build war games terrain book that was um, valid that was available up until two thousand and six ish. There
0: was a blue one as well that was available. Yeah, that's the one. one. The the blue one was available long. Uh, I think it was only two thousand and twelve ish that actually got discontinued. Mm -hmm. Okay.
4: So yeah, but like I say, that it was always a part of before, you know, it became its own kind of marketable resource. I think it was always part of the thing that you, you know, you you would build your own terrain and you know. Yeah, you I think would, it's a yeah. dying
3: part of the hobby, and I'm it as is. guilty as as I'm probably more guilty of it with the scenery that I've got for mine. It's it, it's nice to see people who can do it. Well, we're some,
0: we're, we're we're adults. We make a reasonable. Well, you guys may maybe make a reasonable amount of money. Um, um, you know, that stuff is, you know, that's cool. You can do that, but if you're if you don't have the room for a big box of scenery again yeah i mean if you think, think wargaming is a hobby you know yeah. when it
4: first started out people would cast their own lead figures
2: so yes. you know and,
4: and and i guess it's just as t- as time goes on you know people fill the gap don't they i mean that, the same kind of thing
0: happened with just Bart. to be clear we are not advocating for casting your own no. lead figures this would be yeah this Sorry. would be bad it's just back in the day that's
4: what i did i'm not it?
0: even thinking of the recasting bit there graham i'm thinking more of the fact that lead fumes you yeah. know <laughs> but um but you know like even if you take larp you
4: know when i first started lamping, there was nobody who made weapons or made a, a costume yeah. uh, and now it's its own sort of multi-million dollar industry pretty much uh, they have, a, I don't know they the have same... a kit there
0: at durham yeah. university over at nerd east that's a great yeah. one
4: so, you know, I think it's just one of those things that over time people thought, actually, I, I haven't got time to build this stuff. I, I'm just going to get it. And I mean, i even seen, you know, there's even you can get pre-painted, can't you? Um, yes. Scenery as well. So, but yeah, I think if, it would
2: be it fun to see to what you can.
1: Homemade, terrain stuff. Actually, you don't have to go too far from me and Graham, because Dave, our, uh, yeah. our brother. Oh, yeah, he's built stuff. He does. Um, he's got his own Facebook and Instagram thing called Upon the Battlefield. And that's him. I did not know this. Why
0: did I not know this?
1: Homemaking bits of terrain and stuff, which is quite cool. Um, definitely worth you know seeing some of the interesting stuff that he does. Because yeah. he made our first Necron pylon that sits on Graham's shelf now.
0: It does. I'm looking at it right now, actually, because I'm downstairs. So put yeah. this into, put, the, put the name of that stuff into the chat so I can get that
3: in the show notes. Okay, yeah, cool. I've just uh, I've just looked at that on the Instagram. He does some nice stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Well,
4: he's just Jones. Yeah, so but I think you're right. Is what would be interesting, if there was ever going to be a, like a program, like, you know, Bake Off or Sewing Bee for Warhammer, <laughs> you know, one of the challenges would be, right. You've got
3: two hours It's terrain week.
4: Mate it's terrain week here on 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 Warhammer Fest or whatever it would be. Uh, you've got two hours to make a ruined building
0: city terrain. Off you go. You know, we you know I reckon people they watch anything these days, they'd watch that. And even if you've got even if you do make you know, you buy the plastic GW kits, you've got spare parts. You can just attach them yeah, to your course. own cardboard stuff to sort of make them a bit more I don't know, not legit because legit's not the word I'm looking I mean, for. If you,
4: yeah, so I think before we go into that, if anybody has, has got a scratch-built table, let us send it in. We'd love to see it. So what's next, Mister? You've gone to yes. the sort of retro game. Gone up to the sort of
0: budget, which is your one hundred pound mark, um, which is sort of <sighs> it's just yeah, caring. it's has it's carrying money, but it's a table. You need a table to play on.
2: Yeah, yeah, Where are you going to put care. the
0: care on if you've got if you've got no no uh, ground to play on it? Eh. Good point. Good point. He didn't think of that. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. for me. This there. is just this is just me personally. I would go for TT Combat. Uh, they make mdf terrain you're also other companies but when googling them a lot of them are sort of on etsy and online and it's hard to sort of recommend one particular thing because they seem to make the same stuff and it's probably a pattern on thingiverse or something but you can get you know mdf cut out corners of buildings but i like this munitorum sector 2021 board bundle it's 80 quid it is a competitive board bundle basically that's mm-hmm. designed for the um uh, uh london gt because when the london gt happened you know i, I you know i promised that I, would that I would stop slagging this often i'm only going to briefly mention this but yes as graham alluded to earlier terrible terrain at the one at the uh, london stadium um very you know was ridiculed wide and far across the internet uh, and they responded by work, by teaming up with TT combat now TT combat we know we love them they're great they've designed this board it's 80 quid you get a bunch of corners buildings and it it creates enough to i'd say you're not going to get a dense board there but you're going to get a sort of reasonable board with lots of line of sight blocking stuff on there yeah uh i'll put a link to this in in the thing but that is 80 quid plus shipping i don't know what the shipping is cuz it's obviously it's a big big thing uh unpainted assemble it up with pva glue uh and uh spray spray paint that and thing is it's and it's actually the mdf i think that's pretty reasonably detailed as well
2: yeah it, it, does, is, look, it does look it's look quite
0: detailed just the problem with mdf is i found is sometimes it's just flat
4: yeah chris you were saying something? sorry mate
0: i uh, just looking at their um
1: convent cloister oh that's lovely 28 quid and you know the i can't think what the architectural term is for it uh but they've got like a rounded roof um topic no oh, oh what's the word it's gonna come to me about two o'clock in the morning i'll scream it in my sleep um but <laughs> <coughs> that'll freak everybody out uh this yeah like a rounded roof but it's you know it's all made out of flat mdf so it's you know but it, it still has that nice shape and they did some i mean it's pretty and clever pretty clever how they're um able to get all the different shapes out of just basically Two mil or three mil. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh, but for my money, if I had a hundred quid, that's all I had to spend on the table. I grab one of those sets and maybe some, you know, scatter terrain like some containers or something. I think you can get some containers for like five quid or something. Yeah, five ninety like five. I'm just looking like, at like that for, yeah, containers down there, um, or just add some extra ruins or something. Like this broken domicile, I think they've got the bottom linked here. Um, that's twenty quid. 20 for, quid
2: yeah.
0: and again, it looks great. The,
3: I
4: mean, the thing is, you could get that 80 quid
3: and then expand it over time, couldn't you? Exactly. Which, I mean, it's, it's, uh, a, that's it's a good shot. So, if you set yourself a budget of 10 quid a month over 18 months to build yourself a 64, looking at stuff like that, you could have a really nice table, get some, te- get some textured spray paint on it to give it a bit of a, mm. a sort of uh, rendered kind mm-hmm. of look so it's not just that flat. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah,
3: definitely. Something but, for the dry brush to sort of bite onto, so to speak.
0: Yeah, but I mean, looking uh, at look at this, they've got. I mean, uh, the MDF scenery you can do loads with. I mean, the orc the stuff looks great. If you wanted to do an orc
1: I was just on the orc barracks, which is nine pounds and looks like the craziest thing in the world. Oh it's yeah, yeah, brilliant. Just, I'm gonna take a quick snap of it. And put it. in Yeah,
0: the- but I, I suppose the the the, the crack with. Um, with MDF, la- you know, laser cut, it's so easy to just... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Design something and put it on the... Yeah. Oh, what's the machine called? Is it just a laser cutter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. a laser
3: cutter.
0: Yeah. But yes. Yeah. And they can react quite quickly. It's a lot quicker than the designing a um plastic, but a scenery that's then got to be made in China and shipped over here. And... Yeah, I mean, just look at the... The, like
4: things like the crane they've got there the freighter graveyard crane i mean the sky's the limit with this stuff and you could i think you could like i say fairly reasonably create yourself something pretty damn awesome it's you've got, something you've something
3: you've like got, got to put a bit to... more work into it than some mm-hmm. stuff but in another way you've got to put a bit less work into it because comparing it to the gw stuff it doesn't have a skull every three millimeters yeah
2: yeah
3: yeah. and it's yeah. not scully muck <laughs> skull face muck alchemy gothic generic goth number four <laughs> yeah. overdone
1: The only thing with the MDF stuff you have to bear in mind is storage. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's
3: not going to be its friend.
4: Yeah, I was just looking at the um, Space Elf Tower, which looks a fantastic piece of scenery, actually. But yeah, you're right. (laughs) Storing that. Uh, that I I do keep thinking
0: I might want to do one of these one day uh, table. What we want to do is I'm going to sponsor a table at Company of Legends and give us some mats while they're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving on. Yeah. Uh, to doubling the budget now, we're going up to some basic GW stuff. Right now, two hundred, two hundred notes, two hundred
4: notes. So we're past Secarean territory. We've zipped past kind of Glaive territory. We're now teetering, Euring. teetering Euring. on the Porphyrion. Por- por-
3: yeah, no, no I no, mean, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not at the Porphyrion yet, mate. No, I mean, <laughs> we're
0: basically in the area where the 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 crack is GW plastics. They're more detailed. They do. Look to a degree better than the uh mm-hmm. MDF stuff, but it takes a lot more work to get it looking good when painting because it's not a simple case of spray on a color or textured paint, dry brushing, washing, it's a lot more work because of all the all the all the rubbish that's so on there. You've,
3: you've got to cut all the skulls off,
0: yeah. You got to paint all those skulls exactly, um, or cut them off, whatever you want to do. With them. Right. But it's a lot more work, yeah, but they do look really nice so. If I was to pay 200 quid right now, 200, 200 quid right now for a box, i grab a Battlezone Mechanicus Charadon. See, the manatee's have been hard at work with this one. Mm-hmm. And if you put a link to this, you'll have to you'll have to do a, a Google search for this one. In this box, I mean, it's only a, I, I reckon it's a limited run because they had a Verticus box for a while, uh, but that has seemingly sold out and been replaced by this one. But this is... Uh, uh, where, where is it going into the thing? You've got two big furnaces. Um, you've got the, the reactor, some pipes, um, some alchemite stacks in the, in the uh, plasma regulators. Um, so lots of manatee named stuff. Um, but that's reasonably decent.
3: You said manatee named stuff. Looking through this list is like reading your Instagram.
0: Yes, pretty, pretty, pretty much, to be fair. And then I would put in with that, I'd throw in a couple of command edition battlefield expansion sets so that's always fun to to say isn't it uh but this is basically the terrain from the command edition of um the 40k starter set it's actually decent terrain i like it it's a little it's not as detailed as the the big multi-part stuff but it's easy builds just snaps together simple stuff and it's quite good Mm. Um, so a couple of them for you, you can get them for 170 quid uh, but uh, two of them and a uh, mechanicus charadon box from element games okay it's a decent amount of terrain the yeah, only the is. only issue is it's not going to block line of sight for knights necessarily
3: i just don't play people who've got knights <laughs> yeah so uh that's... Your, your table your rules bring a proper that's... army
0: that's push push the knights then they as terrain. That's basically it now. Yeah, I'd that's that's what I would do for 200 quid. And, and then you've got 30 quid left over. I'd probably just throw in some Unitorum armor containers. Of course and would. with this, you do get essentially the boards to make the interesting board size. Oh, the 12 by
1: yeah.
4: 48 yeah, by 73 or something in it or whatever. <sighs>
1: Two half lengths and uh, a, a thrust bit. <laughs> three, three fathoms. <laughs> to be honest,
2: if, one side.
0: if if what three we see,
2: by two, by two <laughs> if that's
0: what crazy. happens later this year is what we expect guineas. to happen, I would not be surprised to see these uh, become uh, official board sizes for Heresy as well.
4: Neither, eight neither eight by six
0: parsecs. That's what it is. Yes. So,
4: okay. Kessel run one end to the other. So, you yeah, well, you heard it here first, folks. Mr. B has predicted that this new new world order of board size will become de rigueur, so maybe we shouldn't buy any mats just yet.
0: Well, just that's to- saying that's it. That said, there's nothing saying you can't still play a 6 x There is absolutely nothing. Um, and so- if, if, if that happened, I'll say it here now we're not going to change it to of Legends. We might have some tables at this new table size, but most of them will be 6 x 4 because that's what the mats we've got are 6x4 six oh, six well. till we
4: die that's us. that's the hill we're going to die on we'll do so, whatever we'll do whatever works scratch built with a with a, a tablecloth and a few boxes that's the hill we're going to die
0: on um, and then if you want to go into the high roller level so you're 300 quid plus yeah i'd be thinking oh. about throwing in one of the bigger buildings so you've got the sanctum Administrators, that's 42 pound 50 element fortress of redemption oh i love that i love that piece of terrain I always, you
4: feel I always feel that Um, superman should live there for some reason oh
0: absolutely 80 quid uh and the derelict factorum which is 65 uh take the change uh, yeah the fortress of mid redemption is silly money now considering its size What's, is that the one like the dark angels one yeah, that's the dark angel
1: one yeah. that's 80 quid 80
0: quid yeah they don't make any anymore. they do well i thought it was a little bit not nope, Still make it, and then I would just take the change, add in some smaller pieces like your galvanic server haulers, maybe some thermic plasma regulators, a bastion maybe because that's always a good old uh, piece of scenery. Yeah. I love a yeah. bastion, hemotrope uh, reactors, whatever, uh, and then sort of just flavour the board for whatever theme you're going for. And that's kind of what I would do for 300 he- quid.
2: See, I
3: I would do something different.
0: Oh, oh what would you do? Because lo- this is great.
3: This is I'm, I'm moving down the page slightly. So, 300 quid, you say, yeah? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, you're moving down the page, yes.
3: Right. So, yeah. pre-orders have just finished for this product. This thing. 170 huh? quid, 42 it was. So, after pre-order, you're still talking sub-to. Ah, oh,
4: he's 3D printing it his own.
3: He is because the new Elegoo Neptune X. So this is a filament printer. So you're yes, not going to get. Don't
0: don't do scenery with
3: resin. Don't do scenery with resin. It's too expensive, um, and the build plates are too small. But this is 200 quid. You've got 22 centimeters by 22 centimeters footprint.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: 30 centimeters potential height. To print whatever you want. Wow. And that's for sub two hundred pound. How much does the the, the gubbins cost? The it's filament basically streamer wire It costs the square root of not a lot. Let me just it's, get you. It's, here. it's not a lot,
0: but yeah, it's it's not a lot. It's not it's not as cheap as resin, I don't think, in the long run. But considering the size of the pieces you make, it makes more mm. sense. It's, it's sort of one of those weird things. The filament is i think works out as more expensive for the material but it's cheaper to make uh, whereas resin is cheaper for the material but more expensive to run and hang on run. here
3: we go so i think um, most filaments
0: about 15 i've seen it for 50, i've seen it as cheap as 12 to be honest
3: let me find it so the most expensive one
0: mm-hmm.
3: one kilo of it which is pla 3d printer filament 18 pounds 76. yeah now if you're thinking you're if if you think you're building a hollow structure Mm. that kilo is going to go a long way Mm -hmm. if you if you you, like mike's talking about you know 80 quid for a building that's four kilos of resin
4: yeah good point i guess also the other thing is you wouldn't design wise you'd be hard pushed to copyright a There's loads of stuff out there for
0: free. There's there's loads of stuff that isn't necessarily copies of GW stuff, and is isn't copies of GW stuff, because to be honest, I find when I'm looking at Thingiverse for stuff to to experiment with on my printer, which I'm still getting the grip with, um, I don't tend to go with copies of GW stuff, because I think that's, first of all, GW have already done it, and half the time they've done it better than anybody else. Yeah, go for something
3: slightly different
0: stuff that yeah exactly stuff that's different stuff that is inspired but not copies of if that makes any sense and that's what you should be doing anyway because that's what you're legally supposed to do Mm. you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's loads of interesting stuff out there i mean what i would really love to do at some point is is borrow a filament printer from someone and print up a tatooine table first of all because i want to play some star wars legions and second of all because i think that would be kind of cool to have a deserty board um sort of like a desert environment on whatever planet we're playing in um Mm
3: -hmm. i'm gonna play some small games on my table my table's got um fantasy buildings on it Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna call it feudal world
0: oh yeah we've done we've done that in the past at durham raiders although this was for this was for for 40k events we just had like the warhammer fortress from back in the day Mm -hmm. and all we did was put like bits and pieces uh, of scatter terrain around it, and said, "Right, when they colonised this world, it was basically a feudal world, and they just, you know, they put like communication arrays in the middle of the um, in 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 the, in the castle mm. and what have you, because that works."
3: Yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm a big fan of that. I think the Magos, the most recent in the Eisenhorn, um, Eisenhorn series, it has the bit where it's actually set. It's got like ruined all what we would call um, sort of not quite medieval, but probably Georgian style buildings that have been ruined and fallen into disrepair and whatnot. It's not it's and it's out in the countryside. It's not. You know, the countryside does exist in the universe that we play our games in. Um, you can have um, castle ruins and hills and dare I say even trees. Oh, yeah, because, you know, not every world is a hive world. Yeah, that, and, and that's that's something that I would be keen for people to, you know, I'd, I'd be keen to tell people that, like, if you are building a table, why not try and do something different? Don't do just what you see in any single, any workshop store when you go in using just their stuff yeah use their stuff it's good stuff but look at making some of your own look at maybe printing some of your own if you've got that resource or buy or some buying... external stuff mix the mix them all together create something that's oh. entirely your you own you know
0: what? i think i think um, uh, i'm trying to think was it warlord games that did a, a new plastic castle set i can't
2: remember,
4: remember. This, this does remind me do you remember forge world did the mm-hmm. big gate thing
2: oh oh, oh yeah oh, yeah
3: filth filth yeah Oh, that, was a, that, that was a thing. Oh, I can't remember was, what it was called. It was the um, Bastion Walls.
0: Yeah, something like and that. I the think they point still made
3: you, you could walk a warhead right. through the gate. that's
0: right. They still made it
3: last time I saw. I wish they still made the Anphelion Project corridors right. as well. Oh, there's so much terrain. I wish they still
0: made. Well,
4: yeah, I mean, those they, they, they those nice tiles as well, didn't they? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, they they did the com- they did the uh, original tiles
3: no. boards yeah Yeah, that their their terrain that they used to do should have come with an 18 plus warning yes but um (laughs) yeah no there's
0: there's absolutely loads you can do and as you said 3d printing i think is definitely you know something that might be feasible yeah i I
3: wish i'd bought one even a year or so ago potentially instead of some of the scenery that i had bought because um it would have saved me quite a bit of money yeah, plus so yeah,
0: save me some, save
1: a lot of money on right. this. So, just looking at the board site, and I can't see any terrain. Yeah,
4: no,
0: uh, I think you know, they I know they have deleted the. I like, know they they stopped oh, making oh. the Titanicus and the Realm of Battle boards. I don't know if that's a permanent thing or just a, a pandemic thing, but
1: it's not even a section for it anymore. So I'm guessing it's a permanent thing.
0: Mm, possibly.
1: Um, I okay. am on ten, which I think it might still make. But... <sighs>
0: Yeah, uh, another company that I should have put in this and I didn't until we started recording was Amira Plastic Mouldings. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. They sound like the types for toilets. They are a company up this way, Hexham, I believe. Um, uh, uh, no, Prada. Uh, that's it. But they make. Uh, I'll just send you the link in WhatsApp. Uh, but they basically, it's it's the cheapest terrain that you will find it is oh yes the it's, best it's um it's like vacuum formed
3: yeah it's vacuum formed like um plastic card in it it's like super yeah. thin
0: super thin yes but again that's an option there is always um battlefield in a box by gale force 9 oh yes the, the only problem with that stuff is it is rock solid
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's it's they are pieces aren't they they're not um
0: I mean, that that's definitely an option. Uh, again, it's a table I would love to have, could, but you could genuinely knock a... You, you could genuinely kill a man with some of that stuff.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> do um, Unreal still do terrain? Sadly not. No, he's just moved into bases. Because uh, the Un- Unreal Studio stuff was amazing.
1: Yeah. They had that whole road system, didn't they, and the cool yeah. stuff. And that, was, yeah. that was nice, but yeah. But I suppose there's more money in bases, they're cheaper to make, and take up less room. yeah yeah
0: uh, easier, easier to ship I mean we, we've seen um, it will come up in the news in the next episode but some companies have been shutting down because of the the, the
3: transportation issues um, so uh, secret weapon oh yes of course Justin's lot Justin's outfit
0: yep uh, anyway so that um, just to go back because I have done a, a bit of a search for
4: this uh, forge world kit spiky bits who shall not be named they have a YouTube video of actually assembling one yes. but there is um, there is a uh, 3D printed version which is 4 feet high 2 feet long um, print in about a week if you leave your printer in 24-7 so if, you, if you're bored for a week <laughs> you can you too can own and it is ginormous they've got a picture of a I think what looks like a Sikaran uh, underneath the gatehouse part of it
1: that's, that's very quick. You'd use your work just to go on Spiky Bits. Sorry, no. You'd use your work to go on Spiky Bits because uh, if you did,
0: you're screwed. Are you? <laughs> yeah, that site is so full of malware.
3: It was
4: on. It was on YouTube. It wasn't. Oh,
0: on, right, Okay, fair uh, enough. It, it was
4: a YouTube video. It wasn't from Spiky
3: Bits. That so. site is internet aids and it should be shut down for copyright theft. Oh it, yeah, yeah.
0: They,
3: there is they,
4: a. They, there is. It is possible uh, to three D print your way to glory. And some of the stuff that people have done actually, as we explored the, the idea behind it pretty damn fine
0: yeah we do need to do an episode on it at some point but again, I would just say I'm personally to personally I as I said before, I prefer original works as opposed to simple copies of what yeah, the, the, these does.
4: ones are exactly that they're not they're not um GW things they are sort of riffing on some ideas, but they're absolutely
0: not.
3: Yeah, um, there's a fella on um, Instagram who's who I follow, and I'm trying to find him. He has basically taken Lord of the Rings terrain, so the lake town kits, and he's necromunded them because so, they're, yeah, they're, they're all on stilts. So it's like he's done them as if they're on stilts on the kind of dust dunes rather than over a lake or over like the sump and stuff, and they are. Absolutely stunning. Um and I'll try and find a link for when Michael puts this out in uh, in the wild and the show notes, and it will be all be seamless.
4: Mm. So yeah, I think one day I would love to see a table with that fantastic uh gatehouse
0: thing on. That would just be cool, I'm sure um, Snappy's got one somewhere. Okay, and I suppose it's quite uh, good to do this right now because uh warhammer imperium the 40k part works from machete is hitting stores i've uh, got my first two copies oh yeah cool um they just released today the the list of the first 14 well they, we had the the first 10 but they've got up to 14 now and the first uh, issue with terrain is to ter- issue 14 uh which is going to have a Munitorum armor container
3: Oh, God, how many copies of that are you buying?
0: Uh, just one. I think
1: Mr. B has a whole massive box of containers. I mean,
3: yeah, literally, I have a box of
0: uh, terrain that is mostly containers. He's, got more,
3: he's got more containers than bloody U- yes. Rotterdam <laughs> Europort.
0: <Yes. sighs> uh, Honestly, there are, you know what? They're a really good piece Jesus of line really of sight blocking terrain. They are. They're, they're, they're just so simple and they look the part. You know, you can put them on half these boards. And it makes sense. They, right. they, I don't know if that makes any sense.
4: Yeah, no, it totally does. I think you're right. that like, you know, you can put two on top of each other to give you some bit of height as well. Yeah, you know, they are reasonable things having a battlefield. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that there's something that uh, I would say is is kind of essential for a lot of uh, war, well, for, for a Warhammer table. But wait, that's when, my co- when my copy comes, Mister B, I shall send it your way. Yes, fair enough, and I will add it to some of the tables we've got. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be cool. okay cool so um yeah so i tell you what What we'll do now is we'll sort of move on and talk about the list challenge which is the the real meat and potato of the show what people seem to love people love lists mr b yeah i, you, I you still don't that... understand it was like knock it no seriously the, the the list episode we did for company of legends literally went to the top downloaded episode of this year people in two lists. days it's
4: been, a, it's been a rough year people <laughs> love a list right <laughs> two and, and days i can put, understand that as well because not only do they get to listen to our dulcet tones talking about lists, and obviously we are the trend trendsetters when it comes to what is a good list and a bad list, as you can tell how well Gareth did over the weekend. But, but he he, he didn't do badly at all. He didn't do badly. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things where people like to hear what other lists there are
0: and what people are playing in different events it make, think, honestly it makes me wonder what is the point of anything else we do if all we could do is just sit and read lists out on <laughs> these, and we get more listens than we do are doing anything else <laughs>
1: right? ideas
0: don't don't
4: i, I think the, th- the list challenge right is is one of the which you're about to come into i think is you know people like hearing about building armies right because it's something that i think is part of the hobby um, that. I spend quite a lot of time doing. You know, you've got Battle Scribe, and it's got like three thousand different lists that you've messed around with. I know, Mr. I know, Rob does the same sort of thing, but in a rather more retro fashion, like with books and Little
2: paper binders, yeah. binders of
0: binders of, of, of uh, velium That he's. I, I must admit, <laughs> sometimes if I can't sleep in, I'm just sort of rather than trying to staring at the ceiling. I will take out my phone and yeah, BattleScibe so, and start knocking off a we list. We love a list. We love uh, a list because it's 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 sort of it's something to sort of think about if that makes any sense that doesn't require me getting out of bed and it, yeah, you know, actually,
4: I heard that Rob's list building came from Linda's farm uh, originally.
3: Yes <laughs> there if if you if you ever see the originals in my book they're all uh, they're all illuminated. It's, illuminated uh,
4: by monks. I mean, yeah by you have to go I've to, to Salisbury
3: Cathedral by. to see the original one that I did. I believe it's called the List Book of Kells.
1: <laughs> oh this show never, never with some like, artisan
3: first letter yes That's
1: yeah, yeah basically the, yeah. the, the praetor yeah. it's like a very ornate
4: scroll book
3: I was going to do that all over my porphyrian until I realised I wouldn't get it finished before I died
4: it, it's kind of a bit like I can just imagine Rob's retreat for like heresy would be like something from Name of the Rose but possibly without as much death and christian slater
3: no it's a fantastic film because it's as much, for as much christian slater as it's got it's got that much ron perlman it
4: hasn't sean connery yeah and uh, if i must andrea say without, andrea is,
3: miniatures do a fantastic little 54 millimeter okay. of a it's called the scholar and it's uh, a medieval monk with a face that's decidedly um connery-esque I didn't, I illuminated didn't realize manuscript
2: that-
4: Ron Perlman was in that, but I'll have to watch it again. Uh, it's also got a very erotic scene in it. I
0: thought at the well, time. Let's move on, shall we? I was just yeah, going to yeah, say, well, Graham, said. Graham, Graham, you're already on enough lists. We don't need you on another one. Just, just, it's it's or a piece yeah. of artwork.
1: No, we're not discussing erotica in any <laughs> form. <That laughs> hold
0: up in that court. That No, don't stop
4: and, trying and to make it happen.
3: tomorrow, then Graham.
0: We should
4: talk about the scene christian slater who said at the time he wasn't he was quite a young man didn't quite expect it and it shows but anyway it's worth it's a great film umberto eco wrote the book by the way um and it's a really, really if you do get a chance to watch it i don't know if it's streaming really things it's a great excellent film it is. anyway the film 3001 Kids,
0: don't watch this
3: <laughs> no seriously watch the name of the rose it's a it's a classic film it is a <laughs> classic film
4: isn't it? There's nothing rude about it. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not lewd. It's that eroticism in its cerebral sense. There you go. Anyway. Do you
1: you want to know something that will upset you? That film is as old as I am.
4: I I kind of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Megan does this. Megan does this all the time with the Princess Bride. If we ever watched the Princess Bride, she's like, "Michael, how old were you when the when the Princess Bride came out?" And I was like, "Yeah, I saw it in the cinema." And she's like, "That was the year I was born."
1: Annie does this. And does similar things to me because it's just uh, uh, yeah, age gap. was like she has no idea what I'm talking about half the time. It's like yeah, it's
4: like, I um, I, I once did a talk in front of the apprentices uh, about our sort of team vision. Uh, company vision and 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 I used the Bill and Ted you know be excellent to each other. that was basically our engineering team's vision, and it's like this look of complete unbelievable who the who are these two fellas what? okay because they're so young right I mean I' didn't realize of course that you know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is three hundred years old or something. Did
0: anyone see the third one
1: guy no one's heard of Yes, I have seen it yeah any good i I, I wouldn't bother personally.
0: Yeah, I'm just okay. Keanu Reeves.
1: I'm gonna still watch it. It's it's good, but it has a problem that you know just, here, I, I'm gonna upset people here. It has a problem that a lot of new films have in that they have to transition them into something sort of a different story. Um, and it kind of yeah, it, it didn't yeah, it
4: loses its charm because yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But uh, Matrix uh, thought, uh, if we're talking Keanu Reeves, yeah, but, I,
4: oh that trailer,
1: uh, John Wick, but. You know. Yeah
3: yeah. John, John, yeah. Neo wakes up and realizes that it's actually John Wick been having a dream all along in a kind of Bobby Ewing kind of moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on and talk about the list challenge. Nineteen eighty seven, Princess Bride, if you
4: were interested. Good
0: yes, job. the year uh, Megan was born and she's like, oh, I was I was born the year this came out. One of my the name th- of the rose, I've got to have a look at this.
3: Nineteen eighty six. Same year as Top Gun and Die Hard.
4: Classics.
3: Great, oh, good year for to films. Good name of the Rose, films. Top Gun and Die Hard in the same year. I can't that's wait Ace. To, I can't And wait Master to to. Uh, Yeah,
4: Days of Thunder was that eighty-six?
3: No, no, Top Gun was eighty-six. I can't imagine there was two Tom Cruise blockbusters. Days of Thunder was eighty-eight. And it's ninety. Days of Thunder was it 90? Okay, ninety?
0: Really, that's a lot later than I thought it was.
4: Wowzers! Anyway, we really should do a film program. There's no choice about it. At some point, we're going to have to do this. I think. Um, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Moving All right, on. moving on. So, as we said just mere seconds ago, what seems like 25 minutes to us discussing films off air. Uh, <laughs>
0: Films <laughs>
1: of 1986 specifically. Yeah, look it up.
3: Cracking year. Absolute blinder. Sid and Nancy. Gary Oldman's first film.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, not the best thing to come out in 1986. That was me. Um, right, so on to the list challenge, and as we all know, uh, you love this section. This month we're doing recon-themed lists. So these are, as we said at in the intro. Uh, ungentlemanly un- conduct. Uh, kind of approaches. Yeah. Warfare. Um, it's 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 going to be a bit nuanced because you know, we're four very different individuals, and uh, it's going to be a tricky thing to judge. Just to just to run through the scores. Uh, as we are, in it. this is a, a competition. Uh, Mister Ring is uh, ahead on five points at the moment. Uh, he doesn't Just, have I, one I in have
3: zero f- points for fun to play with or against so <laughs> far though. I,
1: I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Uh two for battlefield effectiveness, uh three you you are the man who finds the pennies, uh and you have three points for cost.
4: Son of Yorkshire.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Uh I am in second place on four points with two to fun to play with against, one for battlefield effectiveness and one for cost uh michael is on three points so it's, it's it's pretty tight in those in the top places uh it's got one in each of the categories and then we have graham who has one in fun to play against us with and uh, nothing about effectiveness and nothing for cost because that is a man that likes to splurge the dollar on the uh, on
4: models i literally think this is the most rigged competition known to man however in the court of public opinion i'm definitely winning So, yeah
0: that's that's only because of all your bot accounts
4: it's only because you don't flip and vote for me michael as was pointed out by everybody
1: i have voted for you and if anyone is not gonna vote for you it's gonna be but in the past i have voted for you You yeah i
0: went back and listened and i went back and listened to a few episodes i don't know where they get that flipping idea from i do
1: (laughs) right good so let's 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 approach this uh, with some sort of system and let's go in reverse order and let's start with Graham.
4: That's a shame. (laughs) 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 Frantically reading. Uh, So I've gone for I have actually gone for a recon company, much as I said it wasn't going to. Um, And I think that the masters of this particular ungentlemanly conduct, you can't go wrong with the Alpha Legion. I had a few games against them recently. And I've always been impressed with them. So uh, I've gone for a, an army that also doesn't have any tanks in any way, shape or form. So this is a first. So I think Alpha Legion does tend to lend itself quite well to infantry only. And I think it can still kind of hold its own without having the big guns to bring. Of course you can add them as you see fit. So uh, I've gone for HQ. I've gone for Exodus brackets, movement of the people Uh and uh, he's a pretty handy character for the limited points that he is. 115 points. I haven't come across him before until somebody started shooting me with him on a game recently. So uh, he's kind of like a fairly straightforward sort of console line, except his ballistic skill six. And um, He does have some cracking rules. He's got power armor, crack grenades, venom spears, uh, melter bombs, power dagger, bolt pistol, the instrument, which sounds awesome. And he's got comedy line to give him the, obviously... Is it uh, just- is that kind of
1: instrument or
4: it's a it's a gentleman's persuader uh, uh-huh. that, he, that he has. Really? Yes. So he's special rules, in hat. So Infiltrate he has anyway, move through cover, scout, lone killer, assassin shot, acute sensors, and it will die as well. 115 points, blokes a bargain. Um so lone killer. So he can't be taken as a compulsory HQ choice, and it's only optional. And he can can't be may not be the army's warlord and may not unit any other units except Legion Recon squads or alpha alpha legion headhunters. So fairly limited in that regard. But anyway, Assassin's Shot, on a roll, any roll four plus, he can then choose which basically he gets that um, sort of sniper rule. So basically on a four plus, he can choose which model in an enemy unit is hit rather than following the usual rules for the nearest model, Um, as long as it's within line of sight. And then the instrument, which is this kind of souped up sniper rifle thing it's got, uh, it's got two modes of fire, uh, rapid Shot is 36, Strength 5, AP4, Salvo 1, 4, Rending. So that's not bad, actually. Four Shots, 36, Strength 5, Rending. Pretty good. Or Execution Shot, same again, 36 inches. This time it's Strength 6, AP3, uh, Rending lethal and ignores cover. And if it's lethal, basically inflicts two wounds, but unsaved wound rather than none. So I think he's a pretty cool character. I've not seen him used very much, but... You know, if you use him with a recon company you can join a recon squad he's he's got some he's got some chapazs about him the thing chapaz
2: yes. yeah
1: that's what uh, i mean what is the, the the thing with alpha is they've got a pretty strong set of characters mm-hmm. um yeah. you know mm-hmm. that that might be why you don't see him so often because they've got a pretty cool selection to pick from Dynat's an
4: absolute prick. I, I don't think... Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, I was thinking about Dynat, and we'll come on to it in a minute. I did have him in the, in the list for a bit, but uh, I think Alfarius himself kind of overrules Dynat. I think if you want a cheap kind of mini Dynat, then a mini Alfarius maybe he's okay. But um, for this particular army, I wasn't as impressed with Dynat as I, as I thought I was going to be. Um, my second HQ choice, again, keeping the theme of infiltrating and scouting, I've gone for a Pravian but with uh, a load of Vorax, who, of course, oh. get Scout and Infiltrate. Mm. Um, now, these are, I think Vorax are a really great unit. They're as tough, as, tough as a heck.
3: Um, tough as six, aren't they?
4: Yeah, they're tough as six. Um, they don't have a great save, to be sure, um, but they make up for that in the number of wounds and the weapons that they've got. So they're kind of the stat line's not bad. Weapon skill four, British skill five, strength six, toughness six, three wounds each. Initiative 4, um, three attacks, leadership 7 is a bit met, and obviously the 4 plus save means watch out for heavy bolters. But with that high toughness, they're, they're, they're a bit of a tough nut to crack, to be honest with you. Uh, so, four of those will be coming in, obviously in enhanced targeting arrays. Uh, they've got power blades, which they're AP2 as well, they get in close combat with rending. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bio, the, the rotor cannons with bio crazy rounds are really useful. Salvo 4, effectively poison four plus so each one of these and there's four of them is going to be spitting out four shots salvo and pretty good i think Mm. as a unit tough to get through they've got some some stuff going on there so uh, with the pravian you can obviously give them the other additional rules that pravians can uh things like tank up if i wanted to go down that route um again it, it does i think it'd be very situational i don't remember what the alpha legion's special rule is for their premium but i might have to look that up in a second um, so that's my team hq choices for my troops so for my elites rather I, I always like to put in the special units where possible and the, the the lernian terminators i think are pretty cool they look fantastic they're great models um so i've got five of those well,
1: stealthy terminators infam- infamous for being stealthy
0: yeah. Well, well no, gonna... no, no, no. In the law, these guys aren't about stealth. These guys are about right. You've had the stealth. We've messed up your 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 your, your setup. Here we come to mess you up even further by bringing down some, uh, you know, conversion beamers and stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: So,
4: Lemian Terminators. I've got. Like I said, I think it's nice to use the the units that the actual Legion has. So the Harrower. They've got. Uh, they've all got chain fists, quite Chargers, and one of them's got um a Chain Fist and a Plasma Blaster. Plasma Blaster is a great weapon I think, uh, and the Harrower has got a Power Dagger as well as a Chain Fist, giving him an extra attack. The, one of the massive advantages of the Power Dagger for a five-point upgrade is that specialist weapon means you yeah. get an extra attack for five points, effectively, if you're using Power Fists, um, uh, Chain Fists or uh, Paragon Blades and the like. so. Pretty good squad. I needed a little bit of something to, you know, hold up a Spartan if something happened to come that way. Um, and then for my troop choices, I've got two um, five-man uh, recon squads. So obviously Exodus going go with one of these. Um, with sniper rifles with the community line, uh, basically they'll be there to sort of scout and infiltrate ahead. Got Anuncio boxes as well, so um, deep-striking those Terminators in if I need to. Um, they'll be not scattering as far, but yeah, they're basically there to sort of get ahead um obviously the alpha legion themselves the whole army can infiltrate uh if i wanted it to which is probably what i would do to fit the theme so yeah i would have infiltrating terminators chris to to answer that initial question um because that's what they do so then i for my fast attack i've got a headhunter's kill team again i don't know they're a weird squad i put them in for sort of theme i don't know if they're as good as seekers to be honest with you um I was trying to sort of see what the difference is, but I've got them and I've got two squads of Seekers and Seekers are 10 man Seeker units. Um, Seekers are a lot better than I remember them being, actually, if I'm honest. Um, Obviously, they're going to be infiltrating. They've got the different types of ammo, which does make them pretty effective. And again, they would be infiltrating as well. So the idea is that pretty much everything is going to infiltrate. Uh, So that means I can at least set up my army where I want it to be, regardless of whether I go first or second. So yeah, so headhunter kill teams, uh, not a bad stat line on them. Um, The sort of sergeant, if you like, they've got they've got these bane strike bolter shells, which are okay, I think, um, Mm -hmm. compared to normal bolters. But yeah, basically um, they change their Yeah, so interesting. I think their their range goes down to eighteen, and the bane strike rule um, and bane strike basically changes their AP value to three on wounds of a six. So not brilliant, but you know, good against another tactical squad, for example, you could you know get a few AP three shots off of them, which would be nice. Um but they've got implacable advance as well, so they're a scoring unit, which is the same as Seekers are also scoring units. So I've actually gonna have five scoring units in this army, which I think is pretty good. Um, seekers are great. They say they've got the cool ammo and stuff. So two of those squads quite big. Heavy support, I've gone for a Leviathan seized dreadnought that's going to be deep striking in, in a drop pod um, to give it some a little bit of first blood. This is going to be an army that's going to have to try and react to what's going on around it. And, and um, I've got an Asia defence line, because of course I have, uh, but I've given it comms relay. So for the stuff that is infiltrating sorry, or is outflanking, at least there's a chance I'm going to get it on the board when I need it to. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to leave that to sort of no chance hotel particularly for the Vorax squad, because that's quite a lot of points synced in there. Um, so, yeah. And also with the defence line, you know, that gives me some cover turn one from anything big and nasty shooting at me. Um, and then my Lord of War is Alferis himself, uh, who I think is an excellent primarch, really useful in close combat, uh, doesn't lose too often, and giving an army hatred everything. So all those ones that I roll, I will be rerolling them, is so powerful. Uh, he is such a kind of force multiplier. I think it's great. I think this is an army that I'd actually quite like to do at some point. Um, it is a little bit different to what I normally do, like I said, zero in the way of vehicles. But um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things in there. I've tried to get an army that I think synergizes well. So yes, there are the Terminators and the Leviathan for a bit of heavy hitting, but the, the majority of the heavy lifting will be carried out by the sort of the Seekers and Headhunter squads to try and like assassinate its way through whatever comes. And the Pravian and or probably the Dreadnought as well coming fairly in the back line to break up anything like a super heavy or something like that that happened to be marauding around there. So I think it's pretty survivable. Um, in terms of transport, yeah, there's none there. But again, I'm hoping that getting close enough, maybe within 18 of the enemy, will be fine. Uh, most of the range of the guns is reasonably uh sort of medium range so sort of 18 to 24 is the sort of optimum range but i need to be away from people so that's me i mean, alpha legion sneaking army of doom okay very
0: cool, cool. Nice. <laughs> mr b awesome so it's me so uh i'll just send you it in whatsapp uh so you guys can have a look and um, basically i went with thousand suns because i have a 40k space wars army and therefore my belief is the most uh, when playing that army is the most sneakiest untrustworthy nastiest uh, underhanded skullduggery is psychic shenanigans
3: you're not wrong
0: and i to be honest saw this rite of war used at company of legends and i was like i've never seen that before it looks very interesting so i've gone with the axis of dissolution um, as a uh, as a right of war, uh, and it's it's fairly interesting I'm just going to bring up the just grab the book. Looks, you just got right. So basically, it is a um, you get the effects are models with the legion. Just, it's a thousand suns army. Is uh, so I, I think I said that uh, models with the legion of society's thousand suns special rule are part of a force using this right of war automatically pass any morale checks or pinning test they are called on to make if within six inches of an objective when the test is taken i think that is pretty cool um the Corsic of grace models with this uh, um rule uh, for thousand suns uh fire overwatch at bs2 and you may reroll fails to hit and to wound rolls for models with the thousand sun special rules that are part of the force using this right of war against enemies which are falling back so it's interesting it's not massive powerful or broken or anything it's just it's different and that's enough to excite me what's the downsides of that one the downsides of it are the limitations Troop choices for a detachment using this right of war must be made up of units that are at their maximum possible size.
1: See I just don't know if that point tax is worth it. Yeah, go no. I
4: mean, like say you've got that means massive assault squads,
0: massive uh, twenty man assault squads, 20, 20 man, man assault squads, twenty man, creature squads, twenty man, squads, 20 man uh, yeah everything 20 man um so i just thought it's interesting and i'd like to see if i can make a list that i like using it and i don't know if i've succeeded in that so you know selling myself short there straight away but i thought it would be an interesting challenge to try and make a list around this right of war um so we have here uh so graham's just sent his so uh uh, right, so I've got there a Praetor Tribune so that is the special Praetor um, who, who, who is in Tartarus armor I'd have to make one up um, and he has um, he's a Biomancy uh, 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 Pavoni um, so he's got the Paragon Blade and no ranged weapons and Iron Halo and Tartarus armor Yeah. Um, then I've got a Vigilator with Arcane Litanies Artificer armor uh the the bolter obviously uh corviday why not a site and a and, and a psychic mastery level i think i've given him two psychic mastery levels actually what's what's arcane litanies again arcane litanies oh god we'll have to look it up again uh arcane litanies is ah uh, where are we gone
1: there's the fairy... special level and who has at least one psychic master level, may have equipped a single set of arcane litanies 10 points uh ignore the first failed perils that's what i do
0: okay yeah so if i'm taking you know psychic tests i want to do my best to you know not have to die that'd, that'd be nice uh wouldn't it and uh, yeah so arcane litanies, uh right so he's a vigilator um just for that uh it, it just then that it might um elite choice i've gone for a if i'm going for maximum squad sizes i thought well let's make this a theme and i've gone for a 10 man squad of terminators so all in tartarus armor um with raptora uh eight of them have uh have uh, just a combi bolter and power sword uh two of them have Reaper Auto Cannons and the Sergeant um just combi bolter and uh, power sword.
1: Just for those that don't know, Raptora means they've got plus one to their invulnerable safe. So they're rocking a three up invulnerable safe. Yep. And
0: they're uh, and they they've got telekinesis as well, which is could be kinda handy. Um okay, troops wise, I've gone with a twenty man assault squad. I've given them Biomancy, Pavoni. Uh they've got melter bombs and four power axes. And the sergeant is rocking a thunder hammer and a plasma pistol. Why a thunder hammer and not a power fist, Mr. B? Um, honestly, I thought it looked cool. But maybe I should have gone power fist. I don't know. I just thought, you know, he's got a big hammer. It'll be cool. I mean, you
4: know, but. Well, rather, than, I would say probably why not a chain fist, if you're going to take a on that. You can't
1: but, take a chain yeah, fist. Can
4: okay, not, not terminate So well. Okay.
1: He's a submarine graving company. Oh, sorry, no, my bad. So yeah, but it'd
0: be kind of cool if they could take changes, but yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I was sort of split between a, a power fist and a thunder hammer, and I thought I don't take thunder hammers very often. Why not?
4: They're the same. They're more expensive.
0: Thunder hammer
1: five points more expensive than a yes, five, uh, five points more expensive,
4: and yeah. What you get concussive, right? Yes. Yep. which yeah. is which is useful if you can get a wound on something, particularly a. Play a um play tool character or a I'm gonna kill a play character but if it's a primark no. or something no. like that you, you know they don't, they don't have immunity to um, concussive no they don't concussive so you know that would that could be a useful thing i guess
0: yeah uh then i've gone for the recon squad first recon squad uh we have Corvid uh so that's divination melter bombs Annuncio box uh power armor ten sniper rifles well ten including yeah ten including the sergeant yeah um an artificer armor on the sergeant. Although to be fair, maybe I should have given them scout armor and then they could have uh, you know, better scout move. Nah, they'll be fine. Um, okay. Yeah, because they can't infiltrate either if they yeah. have, don't have the scout, scout armor. Right. Yeah, I might change that to scout armor then. It's it's free. So and it actually changes the pricing in my favour. Um You though... can't change the list halfway through, Mr. B. There has to be some some rules that we enforce. Fair in. enough, fair enough. I can't change your list. Then we've got a recon squad, another recon squad. This time, ten men armed with shotguns. Uh, they've got Raptora. Uh, I don't know why I've given them Raptora, actually. I can't remember. And they're in, a, the Sergeant has artificer armor, and they're in a Storm Eagle assault gunship.
3: Okay, because nothing's so sneaky like flying.
0: Well, they don't have to be sneaky. This is, this is the dirty warfare, you know? We've got the other reconnaissance squad coming in and then bringing this in later on with the Nuncio Vox oh, to allow trivia. it to strike. Okay.
4: Sorry, you've got a reconnaissance squad coming in on a storm eagle? Yes. And it's the Terminators like are doing... The Terminators are... A spawn. are oh, they're,
0: in a, they're a Spartan. Sorry, didn't mention they're a Spartan. Oh, I didn't mention they were in a spa. No, you didn't they're mention They're in a sparden spa. with armored Ceramite and dozer blade. No flare shield.
1: Right, oh. Okay. Mr. B's idea of stealth is very different to everybody else's approach to stealth. It's um
0: it's naughty warfare. It's naughty warfare. they do it a little bit of stealth. Then we've got a tactical squad, 20 man <laughs> tactical squad with Pavoni, um, additional co- chainsaws and combat blades, Vexelia, um, Artificer Armour bolter uh melter bombs and power fist on the sergeant so that's a 20-man squad as it has to be for this right of war in fast attack we've taken an amatara occult intercession cabal um which is nine uh intercessors uh with corviday uh nine sniper rifles and a plasma gun just just you know giggles uh and uh the uh uh, fate has Melter bombs so they're just like a special uh psychic um sort of uh, um, recon squad recon squad
2: um
0: mm. that has a psychic power which i'm just gonna find it yeah they've got corva don't they said so divination so one was yeah they've got a special power called mind killer which is a blessing which targets inside oh, the right, yeah. unit when the power is in fact the unit may reroll all its failed two hit and two wound rules and all of its shooting attacks Game ignores cover special rule. Pretty
4: good because sniper rifles are running on six not running on sixes, they're um AP2 and sixes.
0: Exactly. So I'm I'm kinda I, I like that. I think these would be cool. So they've got two sniper squads in there, essentially, but one that's uh, super cool. Uh then we've got in the heavy support, I've taken a single Castlex IKEA battle uh, 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 you know, robots.
3: auto automata.
0: Yeah, with a molar bolt uh molar pattern bolt cannon with aspect shells. And that's it. You know what I'm I, going to ask? What the hell are aspect shells? Aspect shells—they are. Oh god, I've got to pull this up. Aspect <laughs> shells are. I, I, I want to get the rules right because I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to upset any uh, Thousand Suns players. But basically, it,
3: they have the shred special rule. Nice. Yeah, they're really uh, good on Vorax in uh, Thousand Suns. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you can give them to ro- anything with rotor cannons. Can take them for twenty-five points. Uh, so suddenly support squads with rotor cannons in thousand suns not that bad Mm. not that bad at all uh so yeah that's uh that's basically my list Uh, i don't know whether it's any good on the battlefield i just thought it would be an interesting challenge to try and make a list based around that right of war it's certainly eclectic yeah Mm. so the sort of fluff idea behind it was you've got the two You've got the two squads uh, of recon marines and the tactical squad on the field there. Uh, and the, uh, I, I keep the Spartan in reserve the, along with the storm Eagle. And uh, basically, you know, the, the, the Castlex is on there somewhere as well. And eventually, uh, you know, and you know, it's sort of like the sniper squads are there to clear out some people. And then the big heavy hitting stuff with the storm Eagle and the, um, and the Spartan will come on later on to, uh, you know.
4: You have nothing to manipulate your reserve rows. No, obviously. I should
0: not. Which is going to be an absolute downfall. Okay. Fair enough. It's it, it was more of an export experiment. that I that I, <laughs> I, I knew I, I'm not good at recon lists. And I thought I would try, try to make it. As I, I
4: can, yeah, I can see where you were thinking of coming from, at least. Okay, who's next?
0: So
1: I'll 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 go next. Uh, I also went Thousand Suns. So I've taken a, a similar approach to Mr. B, but I haven't got a single Spartan in sight. Um, but I have gone psychic Skullduggery duggery uh, ah. to the max. So I have got for my first HQ choice, uh, Magistus Amon. Oh, very Ooh. nice. Not than any punches
3: straight out the bag
1: oh yeah it's gonna get worse in a minute as well uh a couple of reasons why a he's quite a stealthy character and b he's got a super useful warlord trait lord of the hidden paths if he's your army's warlord you may select a single non-super heavy or non fly unit in your army this unit must now interplay from reserves in the outflank special rule on a turn you specify uh, you write it down, you keep it a secret until they turn up, and you don't have to make a reserve roll for it. They just rock up whenever you want
4: that. And, like, that's not going to be turn one.
1: And it can't be turn one. It's any turn after turn one.
4: Oh, it is? Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: he's a psychic master level three. He also has uh, access to divination or telepathy. So, you know, Scryer's gaze is in the divination uh, wheelhouse, which is a pretty useful one for me. Manipulating reserve roles. Yep. Um Then to, you know, really bolster that number up, uh, I've gone with Azak Arahim as my second uh,
3: HQ choice. All right, we're bringing out all the big names, are we? All
1: the big names, yeah. And a, a, there is a reason behind him as well, because he has a... You know, if I don't want Amon to be my warlord, I'm thinking about this as more than just one game. I'm thinking about this as more as an actual, you know... A constant army. He has a warlord trait, which allows you to three troops, of your choices in unit, uh, get the scout special rule. So it fits oh. in with the theme of, of. Like Eddie Redbeard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, he has divination and all the cool stuff
4: that I want. Doesn't he have, doesn't he have jealous commander, Ironman? Uh, no. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Yep. I thought he would have. He would have been the default. No um, HQ, if if Magnus wasn't in play.
0: No, no, he's just he's just a librarian at this point. Yeah, he's mm, not. Okay, well, I mean, he's still you know the head of one of the cults, but he is a librarian.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, my third HQ choice is a master of signal. Mm, just a plain old master of signal with a psychic mastery level and a refractor field. Oh, an artificer Arm
4: So not plane then.
1: Well, he's <laughs> relatively plain. He's just there to do one thing. <coughs> and that's okay. It. And also to bolster up my psychic points so when I want to, you know, do some psychic shenanigans. Nice.
2: Uh,
1: I then have a seven man, uh, six man, seven man, sorry, bear one second. Six man, Sekhmet Tailmater squad. Uh, all with chain fists. And they have got the uh, kind shield cause, but they're all in Tartarus armor. Right, they're so yeah. In, running, but so you've got a four plus. Running, but a four plus. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> or outflanking with the four plus, which would yeah. be why uh, what I'd be wanting to do with them. Uh, that's what I've got in the elites' choices. My troops' choices. Uh, I have got two uh, recon squads. Always sniper rifles and they are just six man squads the uh they have the corviday uh the divination one so i'm re-rolling ones to misses uh they have melted bombs as a unit and they have a nuncio box in each of them as well on the sergeant and yeah all sniper rifles i then have two assault squads because it's not a me list without them um and they have got one second. so they've all got melter bombs the sergeant has a power fist and there's one plasma pistol in the unit and they are the um, Pavoni um, psychic school which means they have quick blood so that gives them plus one to uh, its run and its sweeping advanced distances nice so that's that there their job is and obviously because they're in jump infantry they can deep strike. And the nuncio of oxes on the reconnaissance squads will mean that I can put them, you know, where I want them pretty much. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I've then got two uh Amatara occult intercessors, same as Mr. B, but the eight as opposed to nine. They've all got sniper rifles. Uh, I didn't give them the divination uh, powers because they already get the rerolls from their psychic power. Mm-hmm. So I g- gave them the raptora to give them a five up, a uh, six up, invulnerable save. Oh, that wow. makes Just, okay. just makes them a bit more survivable because there's no yeah, point makes in sense. the, the rolls the same role twice.
4: No, I agree. Isn't is there? Do you have to take one with the thousand sons?
1: Yes. Yeah. All right.
4: Because I was going to say, they'd probably be on fours anyway for the, you'd probably bang them in cover, wouldn't you? But yeah.
1: Yeah, but they wouldn't get an advantage, you know, yeah. if something ignores cover. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then they've got to save at least if it's yep. horrible, like a... flame or something. Mm. Exactly. Um, I then have, as my heavy support choices uh, to, to, to do one artillery tank squadron of Two Medusas and a basilisk.
4: And what the?
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
4: Yeah. yeah. And you you had a go at me <laughs> for using a flipping marauder bomber, saying, well, that's not very terrifying. And what you're saying now is that Medusas and artillery is stealth.
1: No, because the way I'm, the way I'm picturing it is just for <laughs> justification. They're quite ungentlemanly. They're quite ungentlemanly. And the recon squads are there to pick out the targets for them. <sighs> that's what they're there to do, because you draw a line of sight yep. from the recon squad, because it's got a Nuncio yeah, box, absolutely and I've got four unjust. boxes on the tape. F- okay. If you're happy, I'm you absolutely love happy. love an ask because I've got an Aegis Defence Line with a comms relay. Uh, that's,
4: that's perfectly fine and very sensible.
1: Because that's what the tanks are going to hide behind. It's, I've got a basilisk in there because I want a little bit of long-range control. And then the producers will, you know, it will become pretty redundant pretty quickly. Are
4: they in two? Are
0: they in one unit? Or two? They're in it. They're all one in one. So They'll have to
4: shoot the same targets. So that's something you
0: have to watch out for. Yeah. But yeah, um, you can only take one unit of uh, artillery.
4: You can, and don't they? Yeah, and they don't have to all be the same. So yeah, I see what you mean. You it's it's good to have a basilisk in there because it gives you a bit of
2: Yeah
4: sort of counter barrage if you like, particularly if somebody else is dropping stuff on you. But you've got the master signals, you've got the Nancy boxes.
1: Yeah. And the master signal gives me another bombardment to put down. It does, yeah,
4: totally. It, you know, boxes four. And the only downside I suppose from the Basilisk is actually you can still fire it direct, so I mean Yeah. It's not a big downside, but it has does have a minimum range if you're firing it indirectly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but I won't be because I would draw a line of sight from.
4: They're still um, firing indirectly. I, if,
1: you, if
4: you're firing it in barrage mode, it's indirectly. If you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So if, um, yeah, that's the that's the list. That's the thinking. Really, is is basically the recon squads are going to be there to. I mean, they're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting because I haven't got. If you know, I need them to survive to bring my assault squads in that I will deep strike because. That's why I've got the comms relay for. That's why I've mm-hmm. taken um, sort of the divination guys for as well because I can aid my reserve rolls twice over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, yeah. So a lot of things won't be necessarily on the board at the start. You know, the terminators won't be. The assault squads won't be. It'll be the recon companies and master of signal on the tanks. But yeah, that was my. Two thousand nine hundred forty-eight points of thousand suns death.
2: That's
4: so, that's, that could be a tough first turn, like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm got, I
4: suppose you don't have to put. The...
1: I've got Cameline on the um rig, the two recon squads. Yeah, yeah they're I, still in scout armor; they're not in power armor.
4: I suppose people would be. If that was me, I would shoot the artillery. But I guess you don't have to have that in line of sight, like say if you're firing indirectly anyway. Exactly. So. The tables kind of suits you that work.
1: Yeah, it's they're there to you know represent a, a barrage coming from off the table. Okay. that's what they're there to represent is that you know combined up mm-hmm. something of thing. Nice. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of psychic mastery levels as well. So I can you know hopefully get a few of those level two powers off um, and use the actual. Uh, intercessors power because it's master level I think it's like a power two yeah yeah. so it's, it's it's not a cheap one um, but I've got enough points yeah. running around to you know pressure
4: press into the same two anyway so like I said it wouldn't be
1: a thing master level seven between the, just the two of them so
3: yeah
1: yeah nice
2: yeah
0: so that's my list cool. nice very nice okay so that just leaves Rob so so power
3: just posted mine in the chat so i've taken a slightly different tack i've gone sacrificial offering
2: Ooh.
3: right of war which mm. gives everything that isn't in the sacrificial offering outflank. outflank
2: yeah
3: so i've gone empress children just for vibe rather than special rules <laughs> no pun intended um so i'll start with the actual allied sacrificial detachment and that is Militia, because it has to be. I've gone for a Rogue Psyker with the Alpha Level upgrade for a little bit of Psychic Shenanigans. Um, in my head, it's like he's mind-controlling people. Right. Uh, so the people he's controlling, there are 50 Inducted Levy. And there is a 10-man Militia Grenadier Squad, both just as they come, straight in. Uh, just bodies
2: yeah
4: that's and basically what they are one's wearing paper and the other one's wearing pyjamas
3: yeah. yeah basically then there's an imperialist militia recon squad yep. as well with las rifles and a demo charge mm-hmm. these will not be behind the Aegis defence line that the rest of them are uh, they will be out doing something yes because you have to have a fortification for this to work yes you do and that Aegis defence line has a comms relay
4: glad that message is getting through
3: yeah there we go it's got a comms relay and it's got 61 guys stood behind it so there's plenty of people to man the comms relay yeah uh so coming in on the outflank for the empress children we have a praetor with a paragon blade iron halo digital lasers and melter bombs on a scimitar jet bike Mm. second hq we have a pravian um I thought I'd bring some uh, robotic friends with me as well, like uh, like you did, Graham. I've mm. got a uh, Pravian with Artificer Armor and Refract Field. And he's coming on with two castillacs with Dark Fire Cannons and Power Blades. Interesting. So they can take stuff out yeah. either way, Um, you know. Uh, then in troops, here's where things start repeating. I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> we've got three legion tactical squads with melter bombs on the sergeant and power fists on the sergeant that's it
4: would you do that i mean uh, this is a bit of an age-old debate i don't generally tend to double that up so basically i might take a power weapon and a melter bomb but i wouldn't take a power fist and a melter bomb just because the power fist uh, barring armor 14 is fairly effective against vehicles
3: yeah but it's armor 14 you've got to think about in it
4: if you've got nothing it's, else, if you've got nothing else to do with it, then yeah, fair enough.
3: It's it's nice to be able to punt somebody and insta jib somebody if your sergeant survives, but it's also nice to blow up a Land trader or a Spartan with a lucky.
1: Yeah, I mean you are you are looking for a lucky one because it's only ever
3: one, yeah. melt isn't it? It's is one
4: yeah. melt bomb attack, and
3: it's just one, but it's better than not being able to do anything. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you I, could I, glance I on the I'd I rather have, I'd rather have for five
0: points something that can do something than not than yeah, so need the, it and the, not
3: the it. got it it's five well. it's
0: not exactly like it's uh, breaking the bank well you say that 15 points out of 3 squads you see it tops up but yeah, yeah.
4: So I don't I tend to do it I'm not saying it's a bad thing I just don't tend to do it uh,
3: so then we've got two 5 man legion recon squads they've got recon armour Cameline yep. and they've all got melter bombs ok uh, so in my head they're kind of meeting up with the um <coughs> militia recon unit and kinda of going, right, hang on. Are we you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Are they are we ready to come on right? Okay, yeah, and then radio him back. And then the Praetor turns up Praetor with his mates. The bolt, oh,
4: sorry. Uh, bolters. sorry? The Recon squad on the Bolters.
3: Yeah, just Bolters. Yeah. Just Bolters. So um moving into fast attack, got no elite. Uh, Moving into fast attack, we've got a nine-strong Jetbike Skyhunter unit With three multi-melters and they've all got melter bombs. So they go with the Praetor. So you've got Ten jet bikes with multi-melters and melter bombs and a Praetor in there if anybody wants to pick a fight. Yep. Uh, There are two Legion Javelin attack speeders, Squadron of two, both with twin-link glass cannons and both with multi-melters. Yep and then in heavy support we have a land raider battle squadron with three land raider phobos, each with armored ceramite and each with dozer blades and funnily enough they'll all have a tactical squad in
4: sounds vaguely familiar <laughs> using spartans and gray hunters but yes that's tough um interesting interesting choices so how would this work then? Basically you line the defense line, you put a big line, line the defence line, line up,
3: you put all your bods behind it and they kind of go, Hello, come and get us. Come and get us. There's loads of us. And you know, your enemy comes howling in, going, aha, easy kill, brilliant. And then the uh, jet bikes and everything come come sweeping in from the side. The um, sneak the recon marines are uh, scoring so they're just going to sit in some terrain and hope you don't notice them um and score something the castellax can either come right in um you know come right in and start wading in with the power blades or they can uh, take a more distanced role and pick things off with the dark fire cannons so yeah then the, the tactical squads uh, you know they can jump out fury of the legion
4: not on the time they jump out, but yes, they, yeah, they
3: can but, you know, eventually few of the legend. Yeah, yeah, they can yeah, they can jump out, they can score. You know, they can jump out and but you know, sort of hide behind their land redder and then yeah. run off somewhere.
4: Interesting. Okay, well we have some different um, variations on the theme there. So without further ado then I guess uh, most fun to play with slash against theme. All of that malarkey.
0: Hmm. Uh, okay, so obviously we deal with fun to play against first. Um, yeah, you know What I actually quite liked Graham's this time. The Alpha Who Legion... I, what have
3: you done with Michael Bottrell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Alpha <laughs> Legion, lots of sneaky stuff. It actually... It would be quite fun. I've I, I, often thought, oh, Alpha Legion might be a nice army to try. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? It's, it's just it's just that, uh, uh, you know, using um, Exodite, you know, it's a bit different. They are pretty, they're super
4: versatile. I mean, the their kind of Legion trait, if you like, I think is one of the best. Yeah, you know, that they can
0: basically choose scouts or, yeah, or infiltrate to sort of suit whatever happens to be in front of them. Yeah. It just, it just sounded the most, Interesting.
3: It's a pretty tough girl, then. Point for point for Mr Mills, senior.
0: Is, is that everyone agreeing then? Is it
3: uh, Well, you yeah. can't <laughs> vote for your own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I take it, uh, you're, uh, you're like vote,
1: for it. Michael or Rob. Uh, oh, if I don't want to vote for Graham. So I've got options. Uh, don't stop, you know, signing my, my votes for me. So, so where's Arch? Rob uh, voting then?
3: Uh, okay. I, I think playing with, I think I still have to go Graham. I think, because I think the, I think second would be Chris's, but I think with that much potential psychic, psychic, I'm sorry, I went a bit connery there, that much potential psychic in it's just going to be difficult to bookkeep. Potentially. You, to be fair. Chris but then I've never bothered learning the psychic phase yet. So, you know, that's... That's... Um, inherent that, bias. You know, your army does have psychic options. I know mine does. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, like I've got to learn one thing and that's if I remember to do it or if he's still alive.
0: Get in
4: Spartan. Jump out of Spartan. <laughs> Smash. It's easy.
3: There's nothing I, psychic I, about that.
4: I would have gone with Rob's, actually. Because I was like... It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a risky army actually because that first that first round would be squeaky bum time for me if I was playing. Oh yeah, yeah. because you've got those inducted Levi and all the rest of it, I mean they'll leg it now fair enough they're a big old squad right so you're going to have to try and blow 25% of them away but I think you're right putting them behind the defence line so at least you're going to get a cover save otherwise it could be seriously yeah. you know you could get 15 of them on on their toes without too much bother um so yeah you could thin them down i don't think you could get you off in turn one though mate to be fair i think there's just too much
3: to mm, do that with that's why i put but, the levy in there just for just for yeah like, you know.
4: i mean you could probably get rid of it depends how much shoot you add but the only other thing that, that may but i think it would be fun it would be an interesting thing and then let's say using the comms relay to make sure that you're going to get that reserve role is going to be absolutely critical to that and so that could be quite good fun um to deal with all of that i mean but the problem is you're doing three flipping land raiders, which is, I know they're not spams, they're still flipping hard graft to get through, particularly if they're coming on the side right in the back line. So. The,
1: thing, the thing with them is, though, they've only got 10 man tax squads in them. They have, yeah, that's and true. 10 man tax squads are not the most survivable units in the game.
4: No, um, agreed. I suppose it's just that, you know, they are. They're
3: yes. gonna Visually, do, they're going to look intimidating. But yeah, actually, when you start trying to check them out, you'd be like, oh, actually, yeah, the, this isn't three Spartans. It's three Land Raiders, which is a big, big difference. With, with
4: 130. I mean, the guys, the, the sergeants have got power fists. so And they are, they're, they're the assault vehicle version, aren't they? The Land yeah. Raiders. So they, mm-hmm. they can jump out and charge at the same time. So it could be a, a hindrance, I think, um, particularly if you weren't expecting stuff to come at here like that um but then i suppose they'd still have to roll for the side so there's a chance they may not come where they need to go and you could yeah. potentially sort of cast up in a corner and just hope for the best but yeah i think it would be quite interesting um i think christmas would be is a tough list to be honest with you yeah. and i think that would probably not quite as much fun as the others um michaels is all over the gaff it's really, really hard to kind of put, put put something around it that makes any sense. It it's, it's got
0: a lot of good ideas.
4: Yeah, they've just been yeah. thrown all of them at I the same time.
0: Might, yeah, yeah I, I admit I wasn't done with you to do well on this.
4: Um, I mean it's a, it is eclectic. And it's definitely the most eclectic list I've ever seen. Um, you know I'm never seen,
1: <laughs> a lot. I think it would take an awful lot of workshopping to get that into a a trim list, if that makes sense. I wouldn't take that axe as a dissolution though. I yeah, don't I, mean, I don't think that point, the points tax on those Yeah, taking
3: stuff is, in full size is, is
4: Yeah. I mean the unless you're taking small squads or something. You know, like you can take recon squad I mean you can't has to be ten man. I'm trying yeah. to think of the small the no even so is that the maximum size? That maximum
0: size. The, the, you have to have two 20-man squads. Jesus. can't get around that because the only compulsory troop choices yeah. on that list are 20-man, are tactical marines, or, or um, breaches, or assaults.
4: That is a heavy old tax to play on that. I mean, the weirdest thing that you've done there, which is the strangest combo that in my entire life I've ever seen, which has got to be a reconnaissance squad in the storm eagle mm-hmm. I, i've never, you know never crossed my a, there was mind
2: a,
0: to do that there was a there was this um idea that uh wouldn't it be cool if all the if, if, if 10 uh if 10 recon marines came storming out of a storm eagle with shotguns blazing
1: That's 10 seekers it definitely it, it,
0: it's definitely a more cinematic moment in my mind if that makes any sense rather than an actual gameplay moment i
4: think i think chris is right i think you'd have been better off using seekers or something like that because the recon marines that i think about is that the you know exactly that they're not even to maybe engage enemy but to sort of scout them out rather than sort of more colonial marine-esque jump out of the you
0: know transport and start you know laying waste so but yeah, I don't get where you're coming from. Yeah, no, I just, I just was like, they can take shotguns. Ooh, wouldn't it be really cool if, 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 you know, if all these guys jumped out this Storm Eagle and started, yeah, space marine shotguns aren't bad, are they? They're strength. Yeah, start, started using shotguns to, uh, to, yeah. to soften up the, 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 the enemy, and I thought well, that, that does actually sound quite cool. As I mm-hmm. said, uh, this list is more. Can I do? Can I put it together? It, it's, it's been a couple of weeks I've been thinking on it, and I'm you know me I'm not exactly a um a, a tactical genius here and uh, a lot of it was that sounds really like it would be really cool
1: your head yeah. over your heart overhead sorry
4: That's yeah true. it would be it would be actually weirdly enough one of these lists that would be very difficult to play against because you're like what is what's going on here I can't even put my finger on what this list is trying to do um, <laughs> and I think maybe that might be a very interesting tactic in itself to completely throw people who will be used to, you know, this unit goes in this transport, this unit goes in this transport. If you get these, they're probably going to do that. Recon Squad can
0: take a Storm Eagle as a transport. They can,
2: yeah, totally. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know. It's not just you who thinks that, maybe. clearly. So, um, you know, I, I can't see, I can't see the Bolter guys being any good. It's just a, uh, you know, yeah. it's a weird one. Could the Bolter guy, could the Bolter Recon Squad do the same job?
4: I think storm. Maybe. I think I think you're right. With um, if you're going to do it, you might as well go
0: shotguns and go loud. Yeah, um, I just thought you know, I'd just dump 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 ten marines on the on the table, bang, shotgun to the face. I, I just it just sounds cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of torn, I'm torn between you and
3: uh,
4: you and Rob there. sheer what's, craziness. What's
3: Rob going? It's fun to play with. Um, yeah, yeah um, against. It's against, yeah, it's sort a combined thing, isn't it? So yeah, with and yeah. against. I, th- I think I've got to go with Graham. I think I've got to go with the Alpha Legion.
0: Fair enough.
3: I think I, I, I'd, I'd, like, I think Michael's would be too eclectic to to sort of really get a grip on without trimming it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah.
1: Okay. I, yeah, I mean, Gray gets my vote. You know, it's. I like Robs, but it doesn't tick the boxes for me. Um, There's no
3: deep strike. There's no deep in assault squad. <laughs> it's not.
1: Even, it's not even that. I just. I, I'm not a big. Fan, you know. I just it doesn't. I, I think you're going to struggle with just ten man's tactical yeah. squad.
3: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And I think that's that's the thing that it, the, the sky hunters are great, but it's only them, yeah. the javelins that are doing. You know, you've got a bit from the, the the Raiders, but it's only those two units that are doing a lot of heavy lifting.
3: Yeah, the Castellaks okay. are going to have to earn the points as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, uh, and it's uh, in ultimately scoring units are what win you games. And I yeah. think, you know, I know you've got three, you know, three tax squads, but it doesn't take a lot. You know, one cleverly placed blast template and you've lost that entire squad or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. that's that's the thing for me. that the plasma it. support squad and yeah. they're
3: yeah, yeah. literally toast.
4: Yeah. A few few folks with, or like every support squad with las cannons and, uh, um, and, a
0: and, a, or,
4: and or an augury an an scanner, scanner, and you know they, they'd be shooting you before you even got out of the tanks.
0: I must admit, I was trying to squeeze a hazard squad in, but yeah, just just, just
4: to, to make just, it extra just weird,
0: a, extra weird,
2: yeah,
4: everything, everything. Maybe that's the if it was the weirdest list competition, you'd have won that hands down. Maybe yeah. that's for next week. Okay, so what about battlefield effectiveness? I my gut feeling here is that anything with thousand Suns is always going to be a right old ball ache.
0: I think. So, yeah, I would have to agree, Chris. I think Chris is. is there's very, not a I lot. I think of, Chris is on that one. There's not a lot. Of tr- not a lot. To of be honest, I think it's a close it. close call between Rob's and Chris's. because yeah, I, uh, I think Rob's will be very effective on the battlefield, but I think the militia aren't going to contribute. Yeah. That much.
3: Yeah, um, I agree. They're there to t- take the hit, basically, aren't they? Yeah, there are a seven hundred and fifty point tax.
0: Yeah, with them sitting behind yeah. the lines, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna contribute as much as I would like to see. Um oh, it's, no, a there, huh? it's, a, it's a hard one praise. is sacrificial. It's a hard one is sacrificial offering it's nice. because it sounds so cool, but you can't I don't think you can take quite enough militia or quite enough Marines to really I don't know. Maybe it's just me being a rubbish tactician.
4: Are you sure that's 750 points?
3: It's not like 750
4: points. No, Have I'm inducted it's, it's not. It, I'm say.
3: thinking that because that's how much the Land Raider squadron is that's about. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, bloody hell. Uh, so you've got 60, 160, uh, so 225, 285, uh, 355 points.
4: They're never gonna make the points back, but that's you know, it's an expensive terminator squad, isn't it, basically?
3: But it's, again, not, bad for, it's not bad for seventy-one bodies or <laughs> oh, seventy-six that is bodies.
4: That isn't that is true. So yeah, but I think Chris is right that the they are just tactical squads at the end of the day. I think the praetor would do with the the other sort of um bike squad would, would do a number on things, for sure. Um and the Pravian with the Castillax as well, like I said, you can either bring them in close for some up-quarters shenanigans or leave them back with the 16th range on the Darkfire Cannons. But you've only got two of them, haven't you? Yeah. See, I just think four is just the... I think six is the optimum number of Darkfire Cannon shots, if you know what I mean, going up against something with three hole points. But yeah. Yeah. But I just think that, Chris, is anything with those psychic shenanigans, it's such a force multiplier. Yeah, it is. Even just like a normal squad, you have to worry about. Because it, it's going to do something crazy, so yeah, I, I think Chris would get that. If I'm honest with you, yeah. on paper, that's definitely a top of the list. Mister B,
0: um, yeah, no, I'm going to have to. Uh, oh, nuts! I just I just ended up deleting the figure I had for working out my army cost, so I'll have to go last and work that out again. <laughs> um, no, I I, I believe. It, 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 it's my opinion that Chris's is definitely the uh, tougher list out there. Yeah. Um, it's not a walk in the park. It's not a. It's not going to, you know, completely dominate to the point where it's not worth playing, but it's it's pretty near, it's pretty close.
4: Yeah, I think it's it would. Yeah, it, it's it's a stronger list than mine. I think yeah yep okay so on to Chris so what about costs
2: exactly
1: right so we're on to cost then are we
2: yes yep.
0: okay. on to we,
2: are,
0: we are indeed on to cost
4: so mine because it's basically primarily a lot of plastic um, Mark 3 is Hold on, 599 nine. It's under £1,000, which is a first. It is the pricely sum of next to nothing, relatively speaking. Yours for
3: 678
4: quid. i was like, wowzers. That's amazing. That's using... I use the... Um, You've
3: got the Forge World Terminators in there.
4: Forge World Terminators, the uh, Forge World model for um, the Alpha Legion Praetor. For Exodus, because there not a, a model for him. Um, Pravian and the Vulture Axe from Forge World uh, Seekers Headhunters. The Headhunter Kit's twenty-seven pounds, um, I, and I bought two lots of Vulture Axe, Even I only got four, just to make it fair. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 buttons ain't me. All
3: well done. Nicely done. So, nice. Do you know what? It's, it's
4: a very tempting list. This. I've got to be honest with you. I was like, this might you know. I I, know, I haven't committed yet to my next army and I'm honestly, I'm kind of holding off because I just don't know what's going to happen in October or November, but this is, if this, if this is still is a viable kind of thing to do come that time, I might give this some consideration.
0: Cause I've, I, I must admit that the, the fort of imminent uh, Mark six has me wondering about alpha Legion.
4: I just, I like the color scheme. I've always liked the color scheme of alpha Legion. I like their special characters. I think our is an excellent primark you know that paged everything is just so useful and trust me after some rolling ones for so long the thought of having a whole army of re-rolling ones is just bliss that's so, serious slouch no serious. It's, he's not he's he's dead he's two plus four plus he's he's pretty damn handy in close
0: combat so yeah but for me it was the book the primarch book Alpharius. oh uh,
4: yeah you said it's i have read
0: it really really good
4: so yeah i'm quite i'm almost tempted to take this because like i said it's no vehicles at all it would be a challenge to paint, for sure. And, but to, and I like this, that kind of...
0: Contrast. I,
4: should, I don't know <laughs> if I would do... I, There's, I, I like the way that they paint them. The colours We'll really we'll, nice.
3: we'll talk, Graham. We'll Let's talk. talk. There's Let's a talk. good
4: um,
1: uh, Green Stuff World metallic aquamarine. Is that I've got. The one that I had, I did the ships um, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, and that's a really nice proper Alpha Legion. Yeah.
2: Aquamarine.
3: Yeah you could take something like that layer it over with a thin down tammy clear blue just to put more of a blue um over it or just kind of even just shade it down with in places with it there's there's a there's a lot you can do with without i think
4: region. i think the alfarius primark is one of the coolest looking ones yeah
3: yeah oh, uh, uh, if, if if you do him can i have the dying guy off the base
4: yeah because you know me i'm not going to paint the base am i let's be honest
3: <laughs> I'm not. It's true. And it's, and it's and it's a wolf in the. Uh...
4: Oh, maybe I'd paint it just for, for lols. Yeah. Just for a bit of trolling. But anyway, so anyway, Alpha Legion, very tempted by. It, but uh, they're relative for, for what the normal sort of armies that we have, which is usually plus a thousand pounds to that. Seems almost doable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what about you then, Graham? Not Graham.
4: Rob. Oh, actually, just one more thing. Actually, Seekers didn't know they had advance. So they have gone up in my estimation of usefulness as well after this. Yeah,
1: I did think about taking some in my uh, army, but I wanted to go for that um, psycho nonsense.
2: Yeah.
1: So cool. sessors as opposed to the Seekers. Yeah, so it, was, it was a coin toss.
0: Cool. Now yeah, I-, I tossed up between uh, a 10-man a ten ten Terminator squad or five-man Terminator squad and... And uh, some uh, 20 man tax squad. Instead.
4: Yeah, nobody wants to hear about you. No, I'm not going to say it. Cause no, Graham, we're laughing. a
0: family show. We're a family <laughs> show. <laughs>
4: just, a certain image came to mind about you and a 10 man Terminator squad. And I'm just saying no more. <laughs> gonna, it's going to make me laugh. <laughs> and Rob, you're not helping. <laughs>
3: So, uh, is it me? Yep. Yes, it is. We're looking for. Uh, she's looking oh, for everything. it's been, been
4: ages. Michael's done one of those classic Michael themes there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, so, I managed to cost myself about about 170 pounds more than I needed to, because um, I went for uh, resin Recon Marines from Forge World rather than just plastics and green stuffing some kits. Um, I went for resin Mark two B Land Raiders. Um rather than plastics.
4: Oh, big arc.
3: Yeah. Um oh,
1: big balls on this one. He's,
3: uh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, oh. so I've got things like I've gone for the Necromunda floating kind of um floating dude for the Psyker. Oh yeah. Uh, I think he's called Autrum eight eight the Psyhound, but he he looks like somebody chopped Baron Harkonnen's legs off, basically.
0: Is he the, the one that's basically a potato?
3: Yeah, he's a floating potato. Yeah. Um, floating Psychic Potato, basically. Um, I went for Cordor, the Necromunda Cordor box for making the um, oh, levy. Yeah, that's a good plan. So you could kind of get that kind of ragtag fanatic kind of look for him. Uh, mine came out at 1,148, which considering he's got 10 jet bikes and oh, three resin Land Raiders, I don't think he's that bad. No,
2: it's not,
4: it's not terrible. It's you could spend a few quid on those. What was that,
3: Chris? I said 10 jet bikes are always serious money. Yeah, that's 276 true. quid just in jet bikes. That's a big,
4: big investment. Mm-hmm. But um, you could have saved yourself by getting the plastic, um, land raiders.
3: plastic. Plastic Land Raiders would save you probably over 100. Um, plastic Recon Marines, you would save 50 quid if you just bought a box of, box of 10 and green stuffed some capes on them.
4: So would you uh, use the corridor gang for the penal legion blokes?
3: Yeah, for the for the levy and then there's an Aegis Defence Line in there obviously which just is what mm-hmm. it is. And then for the grenadiers um, I'm working on when the kill team stuff comes individually. They're probably going to be 35 quid for for the 10 Krieg. Gotcha. I just thought they'd, they'd look quite cool.
4: Because I just realised actually the corridor gang is 26 quid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 10 man um cadian squad is more than that from games workshop so actually it's actually cheaper to get the um, necromunda figures
3: that's but, why I, that's why i used so many in my mechanicum because yeah. i was like actually these look really cool and i can do something a bit different and oh look i'm actually saving myself a few quid which i, I haven't thought s- about that actually which i can spend on artisanal conversion parts mm. plus they're kind of cool models they're cool models. They're, they're to be
0: fair, the they're cracking, cracking models. They're the the models, I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, what about Chris? Uh, mine is just bear one second. Just going to my sheets page to do the quick sum, I'm adding it all up.
3: Did uh, you uh, equal sum that to there? It's going. He's not going to be as cheap as Graham's.
1: No, it's... I am. Um, yeah,
0: I'm about nine hundred or quid. Ooh. Uh, I came in at. Person, so. I came in at six seven two.
3: Get f out of here. Right. I didn't mind a read. <laughs> Three pounds. What was yours, Graham? Six sixty something.
4: No, no, I've not got it written no, here. Six no. seven eight yours.
0: Yeah.
3: What was? my five was pound in it. Uh, six seven two. Oh, steward's inquiry.
0: Um. Okay. I'll tell you what's on my shopping list. Um, I've got get it up here where's the mm, thing we've never had this before
3: ladies and gentlemen I've
0: got £130 at Games Workshop so that is two uh, boxes of Tartaros Terminators and two boxes of Mark IV Space Marines to make up the £10
1: could you buy those cheaper from Element or at the Outpost
4: I've priced all mine on Games Workshop yes
0: But Graham has priced it on Games Workshop, so... Maybe we should have a rule about where we buy our... I think that's exactly right. We should do that. Um, Okay, Uh, from Forge World, it's £516 plus £26, because one thing is out of stock. I've got um, a Vigilator, who is uh, £22. Uh, A Storm Eagle, which is £110, although I should probably double that price because I would have to give that to someone to build... Because there is no way on earth I would ever in another one that. of them. Not a chance. Um, four assault squads, because there are only five men. So that's uh, 156 quid. Oh, no. I missed something off. Graham does win. I missed off the castlex.
3: Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's about 100 quid you missed off.
0: Yeah. No, just one castlex.
3: Oh, 43. Uh, 44. Uh, yeah, 43 quid.
0: Yeah, yeah graham yeah you've got it sorry it's all right um i will
4: double check my figures to make sure that i too am um, not talking nonsense because this is one of those recount kind of situations once again uh yeah
2: i also art, i
0: also, I also have life. 26 pounds for uh, an imperial fist um praetor to convert up because uh they don't do another single tartaros figure to, to make my um my uh, Legion traitor Tribune, and you can't buy him anymore.
4: You can't get him anymore, can you? Now?
0: Yeah, and he and he, I think he'd be an interesting model to convert up uh, for for the Thousand Sons. can yeah. um, But yes, no. If I get the Castalex on there, um, like traitor Legion, uh, Thousand Sons, and then six Recon squads to make two ten-man and a and a um,
1: thirty-eight quid a piece,
0: aren't they? Yeah,
3: and yeah. uh, scuppered me and all. It was like. Yeah. Yeah you want the shotguns. I didn't even want shotguns, I should have just bought an extra box of plastics.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking in retrospect, maybe I should have put the shotgun squad in scout armour and bought um bought plastic space marine scouts.
1: Ugh. Not having to buy twenty assault marines would have made your life <laughs> infinitely cheaper. Yeah.
0: True, true, true. So I mean, in general, plastic heresy would make life a lot cheaper in general, uh, and probably get more people into the game. You know, just just dropping a hint there to our overlords.
3: Yeah. yeah. I worked out you, you like as I've said it before, you could do three thousand points of custodies for under three hundred quid. Yeah,
1: and we've we've done plastic lists in the past, and you you know you can do it, and they can be effective. And they. Oh can... no,
0: I'm just saying more heresy plastic kits. Wink, yeah. Wink. We'll get there. Hint. hint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <great. laughs> Your final,
4: your, your final pounds score is. I'm just ah. sorting out now. I think it is. Uh, so I've got Alpharius Warderman in the corner working out the numbers. Frantically working out the numbers. Yeah, my
3: my, if my if is seven in, one. If, my if seven. was in Graham's corner, she wouldn't be working the numbers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, she'd be. She'd probably be um, giving him. She'd probably be giving him some some sort of CPR because of his heart attack. <laughs>
2: Oh,
4: that's true. It is uh, so true. So true. Uh, so our Ferris is £79. Yeah. Uh, the Headhunter kits are £27. i yep. need two of those.
0: Have you got the... Is that come, does that come with the Marines or have you got... No, no, no. That's
4: just a kit. Yeah.
0: Because I think uh, that one's a, a, an upgrade kit, isn't it? It is an
4: upgrade kit for sure. So then I need uh, two lots of Seekers, which is the, the two... Uh, plastic Marines and the Headhunters, which is the Plastic Marines as well. So that's 90 quid. Yep. Uh, then let me just have a look at 63 pounds for the Terminators. Uh, 22 pounds for the um, Praetor figure that I'm going to use. Uh, oh, right. oh. I'm doing
1: the numbers so to just shout them out and we'll
4: Yeah. Run. So the Vorax would be a hundred and four, even though I'm only using four of them. Yep. Uh um what else am I missing? Let me just check the list. So the Pravian, we've got oh, the Pravian is twenty two pounds as well. Terminators as our recon squads. So two recon squads from uh Forge World.
1: Thirty-eight apiece.
4: Thirty-eight apiece. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and then a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought. And a drop pod. And a drop pod. The drop pods are quite cheap, actually, sixty-eight
0: drop quid th- almost. Oh, yeah. uh, is it the, the? Yeah. Yeah, plastic um, drop pods are cheap as chips. No,
1: no, no, because it's got to be the Dreadnought drop.
0: The, d- the Dreadnought drop, pods oh, right, the dreadnought drop
4: pod. Oh right, Dreadnought drop pod. was going to be. So the Leviathan is fifty plus 28, 78. So. 70- Drop pod, Rednought drop pod is sixty eight pounds. Six hundred
1: and eighty-two pounds, I make that plus an ages to f- fence
0: line, was there?
4: Oh there was, yeah. So that would put it so seven seven pounds.
0: Seven hundred and seven pounds. Well I'm at seven fifteen. Oh, wow. There you go. Everybody's massively excited about the fact we've just done accountancy on the air. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Man
0: <laughs> adds up with calculators.
4: Yes. On, Men on frantically three. try and find five pounds saving. Somewhere. So, have I actually got for yeah. the first time ever in the history won of the op- show? Yeah,
3: you won cost.
4: You, I've won the cost. Wowzers! What a night it is tonight. We're celebrating in the streets of Durham. Fireworks will be going off. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a party to the weekend.
3: will be broken. The dancing
0: in the streets of Mills. <laughs> That's
4: right. <laughs> anyway, well, that was an interesting challenge after all. Um
0: so
1: that will change the scores. we and Rob will be level on five apiece. Uh, Michael and Graham will be level on three apiece.
4: Oh, there we go. All to play for. All to play for. Going into the, the the final third of the year. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Well well played, gentlemen. Some interesting lists. Michael's eclectic list is gonna to have to go down the history as the weirdest. <laughs> uh, list of, of in my life
3: but say, you know that, what that, once you've you, list challenge on its own it's like make something weirder than michael's list well, i
4: think it was a bit of an onion list right because once you peeled off one surface it kind of made a little bit of sense for about five minutes and then you got to the next thing and had to peel the onion off again eventually at the very center of the the kind mm-hmm. of onion there was a grain of sense so thank you for that michael that was interesting
0: yeah fair enough okay shall we uh, head into the close let's do that
4: and so like Dr David Banner at the end of the Incredible Hulk TV series in the 70s. We slope off into the sunset, similar to The Littlest Hobo as well, if you we were around to the 80s. And with sadness, we bid you farewell. However, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please do leave us some reviews on iTunes uh, or follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram uh, and the YouTube as well. Uh, all the links to all our various social media presences uh, are in the show notes. Um, if you could give our... Um, page alike uh, because you know nothing makes me happier than seeing a, a, a nice like somebody has liked edge of empire it gives me a warm feeling inside every every time that happens um, if you want to get in touch with us about anything that we've talked about tonight uh, or any ideas that you have for future episodes something you'd like us to cover uh something of interest that you think we should be looking at then please get in contact with us either uh, you either post on facebook uh, or you can send us a message a direct message from there uh or um you can email us if you want at the rush at edge of yeah. and uh, we'll get that um if you want to help the show out if you enjoy the show and think it's worth supporting um we ha- do have an affiliate link with audible so you can sign up and get uh horse yeah. audio audiobooks through them with a month's free trial and that's uh only seven pounds 99 after that um and all the blackberry books are available for your listening pleasure um, you can also, if you want to be a bit more direct, uh, go to our Patreon uh, and, you know, maybe give us a, just drop us a tip. You know, if you think this has been worth a cup of coffee, then, um, you know, that you would buy from a high street retailer, then please do. Just keeps the lights on, uh, keeps the wolf from the door, or at least from Michael's door, because he pays the hosting fees. Um, so that would be lovely if you could do that, uh, if you think we're worth your sponsorship. Um, you can also help us out through going by the advert on our website to purchase your wargaming toys through the Fine Folks Element Games. Um, we also individually have crystal codes, which means that if you put your uh, one of our numbers in, you get double codes yourself. Double well, double crystals yourself, I think. Yeah. Yep. Double crystals, so we can buy more lovely scenery, as we've talked about tonight. So uh, Chris's is CHR211. And mine is GRA 2794. Uh, Mr B is MIC 440, and Rob's is Rob 8, sorry Rob 676. R O B 676. And finally, we've also got an affiliate link with the Outpost as well. So another great little FLGS that's based in Sheffield, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing a bit of work with Elysium Games in Pontefract. Uh, so local to Rob. Uh, a new little FLGS that's just been set up with a with seven seven wow uh, six by four tables. So mm, hopefully we'll get Rob down there at some point, uh, and maybe maybe the wilds of Yorkshire will compete with the northeast of England for heresy capital of the of the world. Anyway, the thing?
0: you want me? Aren't they the same thing? I mean, oh yeah 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 oh yeah southern. <laughs>
4: trouble there mate that's a whole minefield you've just unleashed
0: you've just unified northumbria and uh yorkshire in a war you're you're north of horsham it's all the north um
3: and it's something that the whole north agrees on even lancashire and yorkshire would despise the south Uh,
4: anything anything south of
3: uh sheffield is france
4: Sheffield that's about right, I think, actually.
0: Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough for me.
4: Derby,
3: maybe. You were born in Blooming, Sussex, you
0: shut up. No, I wasn't. I was born in I was born in Newcastle.
4: He is born in New He has the papers and everything to prove. Oh, it.
3: right, okay. He
4: was I, born with the sound of fighting Scottish. I just
3: lived
0: in Suffolk for eight years as a kid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My dad had to work down there. I'll let you off then.
4: Anyway, Wait, next episode. What are we doing? What are we doing with our lives in the next episode? Uh we're gonna look a bit more in depth at Company Legends, we're gonna get all the feedback in and stuff there and think about uh the stats. We can go through all of those with you and how the games went and stuff like that. Um we won't be spoiling the story because obviously we still got an event to run in March, so we don't want to give too much away. Um
2: Some of the story have... wasn't
4: touched.
1: Nice. Sorry? Some of the story wasn't even touched because
4: Yes. I don't know. I don't know if anybody actually read it, but I'm I'm sure somebody must have done. Um we have new releases. Uh, which obviously is very exciting for the next few releases because we see the return of a, a long-held tradition in Company of Legends, which is talking about doors ad infinitum. Uh, so you can look forward to getting back into sort of partying like it's 2013 uh, by listening to us talk about doors. Uh, we'll also be talking about what we've been up to, uh, and also Greg, myself and Chris will be giving our report from the destination event uh, down in Eastleigh, this in the next couple of weekends. So, hopefully, you'll to join us then. Uh, and hopefully, you've enjoyed the show. But, like I said, if you want to get in contact with us, we'll give you all the details. But without further ado, it is time, dear listener, for us to bid you adieu. And uh, we shall see you all next time. So, it is a very, very warm good night from me, Graham. Uh,
0: good night from me, Michael.
4: And myself, Chris.
3: And a good night from me, Rob.
4: Lovely. Right. Cheers, folks. I'll speak to you all soon.
3: Take care, everybody.
2: Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.